You told me there'd be better days And nothing that can pull us under You wanna take the pain away But know that I was born as a fighter We fade, we fade, but we're better than that We're better than that Episode 9 of uh, High Noon Safety Meeting. My apologies. I'm not at my normal computer. So uh, thanks very much for hanging, folks. Oh, I realize now that I'm... You just lose internet? Can't hang. Oh, he just, might have... You just froze. Yeah, I'm glad it's not just me. Yumi's freezing. I might have just lost internet. Uh, thingies. Well, the show is for educational and entertainment purposes only. If you're not so 21, get the, the fuck out. And I'm going to switch... Uh, talk amongst yourself for, for a second because I am gonna switch uh, internets. Okay, um, I'll pull up the what's it called? The show rules. Turn it down. Share screen. Uh, share sound. Everybody, that bird's nest behind me, and that bird is telling you that first of all, uh, before anything else on the show, uh, the show is uh, for adults only, 21 and over. Wherever you are, if the rules are a little bit different, if you have to be 23 or 24 or something else, please follow your local rules. Where I am, it's 21 and over to be an adult, so please do follow those rules. The show is not for children, it is for adults only. Please also remember that this show is uh, completely and totally drug free. We do not actually purvey any kind of drugs of any kind. You cannot get drugs from this show of any kind you cannot buy them you cannot borrow them you cannot steal them you cannot get them bequeathed to you you cannot get drugs from this show so please do not bother reporting this show for purveying drugs or anything else you cannot in any way get drugs from the show there's no secret menu there's no super super secret menu there's no other way to get any kind of illegal product from my show also, please remember, uh, we're doing this a little bit impromptu, so please uh, bear with us, ladies and gentlemen, for the bird squawks and everything else. Extremely dangerous challenges are not shown on the show. Challenges that pose an imminent risk of physical injury are never shown. Dangerous or threatening pranks are also never shown on the show. Pranks that lead victims to fear imminent, serious physical danger or that create serious emotional distress in minors. Instructions to kill or harm are never shown on the show. Showing viewers how to perform activities meant to kill or maim others. For example, giving instructions to build a bomb meant to injure or kill others. Our drug use or its creation is never shown on the show. Content that depicts abuse of or giving instructions on how to create hard drugs such as cocaine or opioids. Hard drugs are defined as drugs that can mostly lead to physical addiction. I add the proviso that sometimes you'll hear people on the show interact or have uh, tell stories about how they have interacted in one way or the other with some drugs, cocaine, op uh, opioids, other drugs in their past. Please always assume that those are negative portrayals. Those are uh, cautionary tales and you should never under any circumstances emulate those stories. It's the position of Fumidoro and uh, Fumidoro the Flavors, everyone on Fumidoro and all of the guests that drugs are bad and you should not under any circumstances emulate uh, uh, those stories. 
And of course, my phone locked while I was talking. Uh, instructional theft or cheating is never shown, ladies and gentlemen. Showing viewers how to steal tangible goods or promoting dishonest behavior would never be discussed on the show. Hacking is never shown. Demonstrating how to use computers or information technology with the intent to steal credentials, compromise personal data, or cause serious harm to others, such as, but not limited to, hacking into social media accounts. And finally, bypassing payment for digital content or services, showing viewers how to use apps, websites, or other information, information technology to gain unauthorized access to audio content, audiovisual content, full video games, software, or streaming services that normally require payment. We would never discuss any of those things. Finally, once again, ladies and gentlemen, the show is, of course, for adults only, and of course, we do not, under any circumstances, offer drugs to you. Even though other channels might have secret menus, we do not. We Under, under no circumstances can you find anything illegal in the show. The cannabis content that we do discuss is legal under the, under the 2018 Farm Bill, and the seeds that we purvey also are legal. All the breeders that come uh, through the show, it's legal for us to purvey seeds, because the seeds have no THC in them. So they are legal under the 2018 Farm Bill. Thanks, folks, for bearing with the uh, introduction of the prologue here. Good. Thank you, Smashed. I just realized now that I'm not even logged in to my Fumidoro on this uh, computer, so I can't uh, uh, access the chat and stuff right at the moment. I don't want to jeopardize the stream. So I have to, in the background here while we're talking, I have to download a new browser and log in on that browser so that I can log in on the chat here. If you guys could actually post the link in the chat, uh, I don't think anyone can pin it. That's really frustrating. Maybe D can pin it? No. Fuck. Uh, all right, I'm just going to work on this in the background here. <laughs> see if I can, because that's because if I if I if I try to switch accounts while we're streaming, I wor I'm worried it'll jeopardize the stream in some way. That's weirdly enough, that's happened. I, I might be wrong. I might be making that up. All right, we're going to figure this out, ladies and gentlemen, uh, by hook or by crook. We are cooking with gas now because I just finally uh, installed Firefox. All right, it <laughs> shows off to a great start. Happy 5th of July, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, obviously, some of us are apparently suffering the consequences of the 4th of July in terms of stupidity in my case. Hopefully, you guys are not hungover. Uh, by the way, I should have told everybody yesterday, drink more water. Because a lot of people always forget uh, to uh, Every drink water. Every mixed drink, you should have a glass of water. I have heard that. Yeah. And they actually say if you've had five mixed drinks during the day or something, a uh, pound to basically a few glasses of water in the evening. I know that sounds ridiculous and you might get up to pee, but that'll help you out with, that, uh, with your uh, hangover tremendously. Uh, from what I understand, the, the majority of the hangover pain is the kind of dehydration of your... Yep. Okay, I'm not a doctor, so I'm going to say this in stupid your brain membrane shit. I've seen know. people, like, there's stories about Gronkowski, the football player. He would go to the Patriots locker room after a night out in Boston. He'd sleep on the trainer's bed, and when they come in, they would give him, they would just give him uh, what is, uh, a needle, and it would just be pumping in, like, water just to hydrate him. Dude, I don't have, oh, I wonder if I could. The fuck's the word I'm looking this for? is not working right now. I don't have LastPass installed on this computer and stuff, so I'm not. I don't have the password and shit. So this is not working. I'm trying to think out loud how we can actually post the link so people can fucking join us here. Maybe I can do it on this goddamn computer. All right, I can. Don't know. You know, do thank you. I appreciate. Yeah, it. just take me, take uh, maybe me. I can figure out here in the in the next little bit or something. Maybe when Farmex gets on a nice sort a story or something. Uh, cheers, by the way, everybody. Uh, I guess first off, before we get into the meat of the the, the story, I guess Farmex, let's just briefly say hello, and then we'll say hello to the whole panel here, uh, and then we'll get into the the story. Welcome, Farmex. Welcome back, buddy. Long time no see, and welcome on this channel. I don't think you've ever been on this channel before. 
Actually, that yeah, might man. be a lie too. You might have been like three years ago when we first started that old like the hash on Wednesday or whatever show. This might have been that first like uh, episode. Well, welcome back to this channel. Right on, I appreciate it. Was there a channel change? I thought it's been Fumador and the flavors for a while. Uh, I got almost banned basically by some fucking butt hurt trolls. Basically, mm. so I was oh shit, we got to get a lifeboat, and so I realized I have this channel, and so basically I opened this channel back up, and so now we're doing this Wednesday show basically on this channel to kind of build this channel up, uh, and then uh, honestly because the but hurt trolls don't seem to ever go away. I'm going to probably get like a channel three, channel four, because it's only a matter of time before this channel gets a strike and on and on and on. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty dumb. What is, uh, go ahead, Smash. What is that painting in the back? It looks like a squid with a face. Uh, oh, that that's like some sort of uh, oh, his? Floating, floating Rasta head with a, a tree through his ears. Oh, okay. <laughs> nice. okay. I'm so confused. It kind of looks like an octopus with a guy's face on it. Yeah, no, that's that's from an artist. I uh, got that from in Texas about 10 years ago. Jason Etherly. I think he just does tattoos now. But pretty cool guy. Got a handful of pieces from him throughout the house. Chill. Right on for next year. Yeah, thanks thanks for having me. Came on to kind of plug our event we're yep. having in McMinnville this next weekend, doing a series of classes on... Uh, extraction specifically distillate and isolate so kind of more focused in the hemp space but uh doing that and then afterwards on saturday night we're gonna have a big big sesh big networking party so right on cheers dude. sweet flora what's good news my friend actually i just jumped the queue sorry d uh flora uh, go for it buddy oh i don't have my recorder here uh, uh d we're just gonna have to download it from youtube but thanks for looking out buddy cheers uh go for flora uh just uh yeah here for you know so it's a new guest for me, so it's cool just here to yeah, you know, chill out and just, uh, listen. No, Pharmax is good people. Uh, he's, uh, and I've, I've said this uh, kind of privately to my friends, I don't want to give you a big head, but you're one of the few people that I know that I would honestly kind of trust in the cannabis space. Like I've known you for quite some time and there's, I mean, you're not the only person, obviously. You're not like, it's not like some of the people we know mutually are you know, fuckbags or something. I'm just trying to say like, among all the douchebags that you meet in cannabis, there are quite rarely some gems. And I would consider Pharmax one of the gems. I met him basically by accident. <laughs> I met you by, basically by accident, I think. Uh, at the 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 at the Cannabisian Club, basically at the Cannabisian Garden Club, we used to meet at uh, our friend. He goes by Cannabisian online. Uh, actually, same same first name, right? But anyway, uh, he uh, uh, is also a breeder and everything else, and a grower and also tree farmer and everything. Really cool guy, honestly. And he used to have a garden club that used to meet at the old, it's now defunct uh, uh, Northwest Cannabis Club, and uh, it was a cool place, like you say, kind of to network and all that, and just honestly to sesh with friends and stuff. Uh, and then basically, my club, my my tasting group, basically came out of that essentially anyway it's a, a, a fun long road anyway i was just uh, relaying that to uh my friend who's here i've got one of my partners for the event who's in nice. town for the next week and i was just telling her our origin stories yeah right on cheers dean uh it's a long winding road sometimes d uh back to you i should have said hello to you first uh, uh, welcome my friend what's going on cheers, all good all good just trying to get all this under control the uh housekeeping done here for the show um, I'm smoking on same old stuff. Um, today's uh, show is brought to you by the number eight, as you can see in the background of Fumador's oh. picture. Oh, uh, but. Could be a butt. You never know. Eight. Anyway, eight. um, uh, uh, uh. could be infinity. It could be infinity. Could um, be two, two black holes doing it. You never know. 
Uh, was- <laughs> I was say, speaking of two black holes doing it, that, that's a terrible introduction. What's up, Smash? Cheers, buddy. Welcome. Yo. What's up, man? <laughs> what would that uh, even look like? Like a huge explosion? I, don't know, I want to see it now. Go for uh, it, bud. Probably a new, a new solar system. <laughs> right. <laughs> What's the good one, Smash? Happy to have Farmax on. I love talking to Farmax. Yeah. Like, like you said, he's one of the people I go to when I, I have like chemistry questions about mm-hmm. cannabis. That's good to know. Uh, Farmax has been a, a steady source, I think, for friends that have said, "Hey, what do you need? You, uh, do you know a person with uh, uh, CBD or something?" There's so many fucking scam artists in the CBD space. Um, people were charging an absolute fortune, even if they were good at what they were doing, they were charging a fortune. Uh, meanwhile, Farmax was charging reasonable prices. I thought all this time. Here, let me share his. Uh, wait, have we introduced everybody? Were you talking yes, about uh, Chef Brandon for a minute when I walked away? I heard you talking about uh, CBD and dehydration. He just I did a post about that today or yesterday. Maybe they were, but I wasn't. There it is right there. Fat dog CBD. Do you still do that? Is that still, I mean, I presume that's, uh, that's mostly, mostly uh, terpenes and filtration media, but we still have some CBD products on there. I think if you click tinctures or if you click isolates and concentrates, I think we still have some hundred gram for a hundred dollar type deals on there so that one's for horses that one's uh i think that's thirty-two thousand milligrams in a quart with just you know food grade mct Mm -hmm. oil i have to uh we're kind of rebuilding the site right now in the background so really the only thing we've been focusing on right now terpenes and filtration media Oh, there you go. I've got the 100 grams for 100 bucks of CBD isolate right there still. I guess I should introduce you to, to folks that are pretty much new to you. A few people know you, Smashed, and a few others. But of course, Flora, who's been on the show for a long time, doesn't. Uh, so you, for the longest time, were a uh, medical processor, basically, right? For the state of Oregon uh, medical scene, basically. And you were, as it turns out, the last medical processor, basically, for people who had uh, uh, medical licenses for medical dispensaries and so on. As the state turned wreck, basically, all the dispensaries flipped over into recreational licenses. And now they just basically have two different prices. They used to have a medical counter and a rec counter. And you basically service that whole uh, 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 medical scene with the much higher doses for uh, uh, medical patients, cancer patients, and so on. And you were literally, as I remember, uh, you would tell us how exhausted you were, you know, at the garden club when, when we would rarely see you, you'd be schlepping all the way across Oregon. I think one time you said you had to cross the four corners of Oregon, basically. In uh, yeah, time. because it was all these rural counties that had banned recreational sales which was the only reason we still had a couple medical only dispensaries so you'd have like in Legrand or klamath falls a medical dispensary with no recreational dispensaries for 100 miles you know so we were still having to service all these super rural areas up until they one by one became legal and then at that point we were only existing to do hydrocarbon processing for the omp patients because it was just difficult or impossible to get it to other processors and illegal for them to do it themselves. And that, unfortunately, just wasn't able to support us because we didn't have an outlet to sell our excess and the patients weren't able to pay us money for processing. So we had to pivot towards hemp, which was good timing because that's when hemp was, you know, popping off pretty much. But, but yeah, there was a two-year period that we were the only OMMP processors in the state and then a one- or two-year period prior to that that, we were, you know, one of the few. Hmm. 
And I guess since then, yeah, you've been, uh, I guess you'd probably tell that story better than I can, frankly, because I just know it basically from the distance. Uh, you've been basically doing a bunch of different things. Honestly, you've been doing some uh, breeding work. You've been doing a lot of hemp growing. You've been doing a lot of extraction work actually around the country. And you've been now teaching actually both internationally and now uh, nationally for extraction, right? Uh, yeah, we just, uh, my, my partner in the next room and I, we just did a trip to Spain in March and we did an extraction class in Spain. We were supposed to be in Germany a week or two ago. She's coming to say hi. This is Melissa. Her yeah. handle on online's weed rather be traveling. Yeah. <laughs> nice. uh, you know, she does all the, the PR and HR and awesome. foodstuffs and, and, you know, all sorts of other stuff that helps these classes all come together. Um, but anyways, yeah, she and I were just in Spain together and we did a, a BHO class. Uh, we're going to be going back next year for, for Spanibus as well and probably doing like a distillate class that time around. And uh, yeah, I've been doing some stuff domestically as well uh, in Oregon and then ideally just starting to move into emerging markets, you know, new stuff that's coming online. Minnesota just came online. You know, there's a handful of other states that are, you know. You're really big into Turkey. Uh, yeah, so that's been really helping pay the bills for I guess going on five five years now as we've been doing steam distillation of hemp terpenes, uh, which basically started out just because you know people were growing more than they were able to harvest. It's just it's really affordable and easy to throw thousands of seeds in the ground and plant acres, but when it's time to cut it down hang it the molds coming in if you guys are from you know oregon or any other you know wet cold climate you know once the mold starts rolling in it's just you're screwed once you can see it it's already inside everything um but anyways yeah we just started getting all this this free stuff which you know is usually the bottleneck with terpenes is getting enough material to process and uh kind of fell into it and now you know five years later we've made a lot of changes we're breeding specifically for it we're doing you know refinement and post-processing and and uh whatnot but yeah we're uh, actually this year uh like fumi was saying earlier i've been doing some breeding uh specifically the last couple of years we've been doing some breeding for hemp terpenes so so we just been sending some stuff out to our partner farm in Tennessee, and we've got plants in the ground out there right now. And I'll be flying out right after this class to start doing some pheno hunting. And oh, uh, shit. Nice. first rounds of autos should be coming in early oh. August, so we'll start having new terpenes awesome. coming by the end of August. Hopefully, we should have some new stuff, and I'll have some stuff for you to smell, Fumi, uh, this Saturday if you come through. Awesome uh that was kind of a little bit of a surprise yeah i'm thinking about going to the saturday show and where i'm we're because uh, obviously it's, it, uh, as i'm looking even at the schedule it's definitely not stuff that's in my wheelhouse for knowledge and everything else so i was thinking uh, uh, you were like oh you do some media stuff and i was like well actually yeah maybe i could just do this setup and talk to some people off to the side and just get their their thoughts on uh, we're gonna be doing we'll panels and podcasts and stuff upstairs as there well go. we've got um i mean i guess i should mention our sponsor list because it's just a bunch of huge companies at least in the extract extraction space and that's oh, it, or most of them are wraps. we're gonna have uh are you gonna bring up the host which is a huge uh manufacturer and distributor of extraction equipment and ancillary products we've got lauda which is a huge uh chiller uh and thermal control unit company uh you know, that's, you know, mostly been in the medical space, but it's moving into the cannabis space. you got Thompson Duke, who make uh, automated and manual cartridge filling machines. They are all over, but they're 
partially based out of Portland, so semi-local. Really cool guys, and they've been doing some international stuff with us. They sponsored us in Spain, and they're uh, doing a bunch of international outreach as well. So we'll be continuing, hopefully, to do some more stuff with them. Sci-Fi, uh, who's a Portland-based company as well, they're going to be showing off their membrane filtration systems that are used for uh, filtration, winterization, solvent recovery, color remediation, uh, and then some liquid-liquid countercurrent extraction stuff, too, that's used for separations. Really cool, interesting stuff. Uh, solvent Direct, who's just big in the solvent space, and then Apis, who's just been our local solvent supplier, supplying the Willamette Valley for about as long as I've been in the space. I met him through Skunk Farm way back in the day. Uh, Digivax going to be there. They do all sorts of really high-end digital controllers and gauges. Uh, Summit Research is going to be there. They're pioneers in the distillation space. I mean, so if you know anything about short pet distillation over the last 10 years, you've right. learned some <laughs> of it from them or ran their equipment or watched their videos. So they're sending cold traps. We're going to be running with the loudest system at negative 90 degrees Celsius to collect terpenes and other volatiles. Uh, iSpire, really big cartridge company. They're going to be there. I met one of their guys in Vegas, and when I got home, I had a box waiting for me, and I opened it up, and it was just, it was like it was from the future. I opened it up, and there was a screen, and it started talking to me, and it just had all these samples. So they're, they're big money. They're going to be awesome to have. Orange Photronics is going to be there. They have these really cool HPLCs in a box. It's like a, a Pelican case, and you open it up, and you can inject you know, field samples in. So you can go in. We talked about those on the show, yeah, and, and people were awesome. pursuing them. They were like, oh, blah, blah, blah. But actually, I've heard good things about them. It'll be interesting I, to talk to them. You know, yeah. I've seen them in action and seen them run side-by-sides with, like, Shimazu or other high-dollar HPLC systems or other, you know, methods as well. And they are pretty darn accurate, and they're super easy to use. And, uh, you know, in the field, like for our pheno hunting, uh, we might buy one for our farm out in Tennessee just, you know, for pheno hunting projects just to do infield potency tests, do a bunch of them because, uh, you know, that's how you look for mutants. You got to, you know, sometimes run 10,000 samples and I'm not going to go pay $100 a pop and have a third-party lab, you know, handle all our, you know, organization and all that jazz. And then lastly, not lastly, I guess there's two more. Uh, Good Life Gang, which is in affiliation with the Future 4200 website, and then they've got their own Good Life Gang website. It's just like a collection of mostly processors and extractors, but also equipment manufacturers and other businesses and other people related to the space. It's a really active forum that I'm part of. And then, um, you know, just the Good Life Gang, they throw a bunch of events. So our sesh afterwards should have 100 to 150 people that are all in the business, you know, everybody there is going to be some sort of owner or operator or adjacent uh, to the space. So it's good networking. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, Laurel Crest Labs, who uh, is a lab I partner with. They used to be out of Salem, Oregon, but this last year they just moved to McMinnville, a little up north. So they've got this brand new beautiful lab. It's just on the verge of getting their GMP certificate. So during the extraction space, that's a pretty darn big deal as everything's just like sealed off and medical and you know all the sops have to be written to a certain standard and everything gets tested all along the way and their chain of custody have to be up to a certain standard so i mean it's like you know literally they're taking stuff out of the out of the pharmaceutical and other manufacturing worlds you know and implementing these good manufacturing processes into their 
into their processes. So they're hosting us and, you know, we're going to be using a lot of their equipment as well as basically everyone who's a sponsor is somebody whose equipment we're going to be using. You know, we specifically well, set out these sponsors. There's a high, like a decently priced ticket. Explain what people are getting for the cost and stuff. Like what, what, what is everything? Like, what I mean, for a professional about? conference, it's not too high, honestly, for Smash. It seems it's like a lot, but like he was saying, even those networking events, sometimes uh, just to get into one of those can be a few hundred dollars. So honestly, that's not too Yeah, much I mean, for instance, uh, I went to the uh, American Oil Chemist Society Fat and Lipid Conference in Denver two months ago, and those tickets were, you know, well over $1,000. Um, but in any sort of professional development in this space, you'll typically see that uh, we've had stuff that's a little less expensive and we've had stuff and have peers that have classes that are $2,000 for a weekend or even more. And if you look at kind of like what I charge hourly as a consultant, typically, you know, for on-site, it's around $250 an hour, which is pretty standard in the extraction space. And I'm assuming master growers and other people in, in the space that have, you know, a decade more of concentrated skills in a certain, you know, specialty probably charge around the same from what I've seen for their time. Uh, I mean, it's, it's pretty, I mean, I guess to answer your question, what you get out of it is we're going to have two days of concentrated classes in a beautiful multi-million dollar facility using hands-on equipment, going through all the steps uh, of post-processing. So we're going to be starting not with extraction, so this class is all distillate and isolate, but we're also going to be doing winterization, liquid-liquid extraction, filtration, remediation. So it's all about from crude up through distillate and isolate. So people are going to get hands-on experience um, with all of these, as well as we're going to have the manufacturers or some of their representatives or engineers, like Digivac sending an engineer. A lot of these other companies are sending engineers or other specialists that like you know, you're going to get a weekend of high-level, hands-on experience as well as networking with, you know, we're going to have, you know, the two uh, aerospace engineers that were from the original Skunk Farm team, Gray Wolf and Carly Kay, Eloquent Solutions, she'll be there. We'll have, you know, a bunch of other PhD-level uh, people with, you know, a combined hundreds of years of cannabis extraction experience. I mean, people who, who pay to come are going to definitely get their money's worth if they're lab owners or lab technicians or if a lab tech or if a lab owner wanted to send their techs for a weekend of training. I mean, it might not be super valuable for like a home grower that's not willing to spend all the money necessary to distill but, yeah, a good uh, example, honestly, Smashed is is always talking about. Well, we're all we're both talking about. It. I I ended up deciding not to go to that Michigan conference. You know, for somewhat similar reasons that I'm about to describe. You know, sometimes you think, oh, I'd like to go to to a conference to network and meet people and blah blah blah. And, you know, those are all the uh, valid goals, of course. But you also have to wonder which kind of circles you're meeting or which people you're meeting. Are those people you're never going to run into again or blah blah blah? Uh, are those people in your space? On and on and on. And then also in terms of the the skills and stuff that you're going to pick up at the show, is it really just a commercial show like? one of the old uh, high times cups, which is just basically a big old infomercial for weed stuff. Uh, I mean, if you're into that, you're into that. But I mean, at some point, some people are not into that. So if you were to fly across the country to one of those high times cups, fuck, you'd be disappointed if you thought you were going to actually learn something, right? Whereas if you actually wanted to learn something, I think something like Pharmax's uh, uh, event is quite a bit more up that alley. Uh, what was I going to say? I was going to say how intrigued I am, Pharmax, about how we on, on this show and the other show, we talk so much about, because so many of us are, basically, 
basically either home or just general growers or both. Um, but we're growers, basically growers. And, you know, some of us make hash, blah, 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 blah. but we live in a very different universe, I think, than you guys that do extraction. And it's strangely separated, even though they're parallel universes, right? Like basically they're, they're both weed universes. And yet, and also, by the way, something that really struck me is that we often complain, Bud Kilowatt, who's probably listening right now, but he's, he's not on the show. Uh, he often talks about how the weed uh, jobs are, uh, um, what, what's the word I'm looking for? They're not career oriented. You know what I mean? Like, and you know, Flora can attest to this, that basically even like you say for head growers, a lot of time, yeah, they rip off your SOPs and stuff and then hire someone way cheaper and blah, blah, blah. There's been just a lot of uh, history of just essentially fuckboy yeah. shit, basically. Melissa says, you brain can't rape. get away with it. <laughs> brain rape. That's the one. But yes, uh, I've had that. Everyone in our space has had our, you get hired for six months and then they're like, oh, I'll just hire someone at $18 an hour to run your so it's SOP. The same with it's the same with you guys. Oh, yeah. Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah. A thousand percent. Yeah, there's Which so is much why... automation in what we do that it's even easier at times to, I shouldn't say automation, but versus, you know, the hands-on aspect of growing versus machine base of extraction. I think it's even easier for them to steal exactly your mojo. But hmm. I feel like the difference between a grower and an extractor is like a, a farmer and a chef. They both have a passion for the food and the plant, but they're expressing it in a different way. And sometimes that crosses over and sometimes it doesn't. Very well put. Thanks. <laughs> It's interesting too, though. I, I feel like, I don't know, and this is a question actually, I guess, because now you guys are saying that you have the same kind of problems. So maybe there are really parallel issues. Do you feel like, uh, uh, I was going to use the expression of uh, uh, selling picks and shovels. They say in a gold rush, sell picks and shovels because that's the money. Do you, do you, do you feel that you guys either as extraction teachers or even as uh, the extraction scene, that's more the picks and shovels route because the- This the, is exactly the, the terminology so we use. No, we oh. use the exact same terminology and you'll see you know whether it's education or equipment or ancillary stuff like when i sell terpenes when i sell filter media that's selling the pick and shovel when i'm selling the information that's selling the pick and shovel because you know for 10 years you know i hustled grinding you know you know making product and then the that can ebb and flow in what you're actually getting out of your time you know cost can go up demand can go up uh, I guess you find the same thing in the pick and shovel world, but, but not so much. And we also have a similar problem that you guys have. Uh, I'm sure you guys call it the same thing, green taxing, where anything that would go to another agricultural space, whether it's lights or growing fabric or nutrients, you're paying 10 times as much because it has a cannabis leaf on it. Yeah, for sure that. Uh, what was I going to say? Uh, 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 fuck, I lost my train of thought. I was going to say something with uh, Fang the other day about luxury cannabis. Sorry, the, the thought is incomplete, but I guess I was going to say we were talking a lot about luxury cannabis the other day, and we were trying to honestly de define it. Yeah, I've lost this fucking question. Damn it, I hate when that did, happens. Did you see the YouTube thing with Kyle Cushman and was it Sarah? Oh, and uh, yeah, oh my God, most expensivest shit. Yeah, I yeah. I haven't actually seen the video because I just honestly kind of refused because I'm sure it's going to be fucking stupid, but we talked yeah. about it on the show. Yeah, was it fucking yeah. stupid? Was it yeah, he was basically thought? like, yeah, no, I sell this stuff for, I can't remember what he said a gram, but it was like some stupid amount a gram. I think a thousand bucks uh is it flour yeah it's veganics flour 
It's uh, Kyle Cushman. Who's pretty yeah, yeah, smoking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a nice guy. Yeah, yeah. I, I know. Like I'm that. familiar with Kyle and everything, but a thousand dollars for his weed? That seems. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how to say anything without damning the guy with faint fucking praise. I don't know. It's like I'm not sure it's worth a business hippies. It's worth what <laughs> want to pay for it. I guess you know. I yeah, I have no problem with him personally, just because I have yeah. had almost no experience with him. Uh, no, he's, guy, a cool yeah. guy. he's a super nice. Guy. Yeah, I mean, he seems to be like an industry leader and a nice guy. I just I wouldn't pay a thousand dollars an ounce for. No, I wouldn't pay a thousand anybody. Most things. Anybody's. I don't care whose it is. I mean, seriously, like you, you smoke it and you're done. Like, what do you get from that? You know, like as a weed connoisseur or something, I'm just trying to think to myself, what would I get out of a thousand dollar gram or a thousand dollar ounce? Maybe a thousand dollar ounce. It's it's enough that I could actually smoke it for a couple of fucking days. But like a gram of that for that kind of money, I can't imagine that I would be able five, to save it. Five six years ago, when extracts were way more expensive, I could buy a $500 ounce of shatter or wax or something. So why would I buy flour for twice as much? <laughs> yeah, you're buying still slab, uh, slab, 100, right? or 500 for a slab. Back in the, back in the medical days. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I lost my yeah, now, yeah, now it's a pound. Now five to 800 a pound. Uh, what are you going to do about the? I'm actually really curious about what you were talking about. We talk a lot about on on this show and my other channel about the uh, 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 um, chemical testing, basically, and how uh, in one way or another, some kind of marker, because I guess that would also be marker-assisted breeding when you basically test for uh, THC numbers and so on and so forth and then select based on that. The future of uh, breeding in general is going to be very technologically uh, based, and probably marker-assisted breeding is going to be a big part of it. How do you feel about those? Basically, those orange boxes, or I guess there's also a purple box. Is that going to, like you say, you're thinking about getting that for your field? Do you think that's going to be reliable enough? And I guess I'm saying that in the context of a couple three weeks ago, we had uh, the famous Jorge Cervantes on the show, right? He was uh, chilling out with us from Barcelona, and he was talking about how some of his friends, because I guess he knows all these people all over the world, uh, they test every single fucking plant they have he knows apparently some guy there you go right there uh he's got a friend from probably someone you know honestly or someone who lives close to us uh uh from oregon state university i guess a retired uh not even a plant reader but something else plant pathologist or something anyway he's apparently a phd plant reader and he's running through according to jorge he's evidently i mean we're just taking jorge's word for it but he's way ahead of everybody he's been doing basically testing on everything he's i guess he's backed by somebody he's got a huge budget apparently and most of his budget goes to testing and so in that yeah kind of context, you're talking uh, about uh seth and eric crawford to, Not uh, those guys. No, 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 no. no. A, uh, uh, I thought so too. No, an old time. Talking about Jane Oler, but some dude who's retired. Uh, Jane Oler. That actually sounds familiar. Let me look him up. Yeah, he was behind some of the. Uh, he's part of their like global hemp research center, and was one of the doctors that was part of that CBGA study that blew up. That I uh, provided the isolate for. Never see. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I always, I always tell people I was inviting them to this thing, and I kept catching myself saying, "It's going to be a blast! <laughs> it's going to be a blast!" No, it's going to be a fully safe, uh, not blast. Uh, no, that wasn't the guy. By the it's way, it's going to be C one D one. This it's is going to be closer uh, 
This is see, that's the thing. You guys are you have too many inside jokes. It's an interesting fucking parallel space. Would you say that a lot of I realize that this is probably a fairly basic bitch question, but I was struggling before the show. I was like, what do I honestly know about distillate? What do I honestly know about? I, I know about the subjects that you're talking about, but I don't know much of anything about them. And I would like to know more, but I don't want to ask you stupid fucking bitch ass questions like I normally do on this show. Where am I with the freaking uh, Instagram here? Uh, I was going to say that basically <laughs> would you say that, well, since, for example, we, we, we talk about stuff like this, a lot of the growers that are in our community have a lot of sort of apprehension about the future. Many of the growers uh, uh, either have had a free life of kind of self-employment or have dreamed of that. And now a lot of them are seeing, you know, people like Bud and so on are talking about the falling pound price. Would you say that some folks would be well off uh, pivoting into some of these extraction topics. I doubt that your your class uh, this weekend is a beginning class, but uh, uh, would people be better off basically learning about this stuff as opposed to, let's say, people talk about the whole Gangier certificate and so on, and that shit costs a few thousand dollars too, and all it really does is give you a certificate to be an overpriced I think I think uh, a bud tender or a grower or somebody in a large vertically integrated company that's in some sort of management position could all benefit in different ways from learning more about these processes. If you're the grower, you might be able to talk to your processor a little more intelligently about like how you want to process your material or store it or you know, or know what your material is going for. Say, hey, this stuff's three years old, so I know I'm not going to make diamonds out of it because there's no THCA and it's partially decarbed. So let's take this to distillate, which is intrinsically all decarbed due to the heat necessary to distill. So, and then as a uh, as a as a bud tender, you know, a lot of people in the space that are you know big hash smokers will go into a dispensary and say, I want something that doesn't have CRC. You know, like I don't want the stuff that has the filter media that's white because some people don't like how it smells or tastes or they're scared of the filter media, you know, and and, you know, as a bud tender, should you not know how to answer that question? Because most people, you know, don't. the problem with the bud tender is a lab, uh, like a lab that does the analytical testing. I've gone into those and talked to a lab manager and been like, hey, I'm looking for, you know, back when isomers weren't as common, you know, they didn't know necessarily how to look for those or like if we were looking for contamination from certain filter medias or other processes we were going through like you know the lab managers doing that should understand what they're looking for so yeah i think there's plenty of people outside of the ones actually performing hands-on extraction that should know more about these processes you could say the same thing for medical uh professionals you know that know what they're recommending to their patients is there a reason to be recommending solventless rosin that's more full spectrum just because it's solventless based on distillate that's solvent free and has less contaminant? Maybe for one person, yes, and maybe for one person, no. And maybe if the physician understands more about both of the processes, they'd be able to recommend, hey, go to the store and buy edibles made with rosin or edibles made with distillate because buy the ones with rosin because the distillate ones have had all the terpenes removed and I want you to be eating some of the terpenes, you know, that kind of thing. Not only that, how is the international growth of, of uh, uh, cannabis extraction growth, I guess, puns intended? Like, is that basically, because I say this, everyone assumes that the flour is the big thing, but actually flour is the minority product around the world. Uh, like, right? Rosin's, and oil. rosin's huge in Europe. 
Uh, like, they love, like, hash goes way back in Europe, like, brown, sticky, like, you know, Afghan, yeah, traditional yeah. Moroccan shit. Huge. So now, rosin, you know, took the, the lead, partially because it's difficult and expensive to source dry ice and butane and extraction equipment compared to bubble bags and rosin presses. But um, also, it's just what they like, you know? Yeah, when we were in Spain, we went to uh, Dabadu, which was hosted by Mila. So got to gotta meet Mila. And uh, we were actually running the party for that. Uh, we run the, ran the party and did all the catering. And because of that, we got judges passes. Melissa and her oh, boyfriend, Tom, and myself and some of the other people we were with were, were judges. And we got uh, five different categories, ice wax, uh, rosin, dry sift, uh, BHO, and then there was like a women's a women's category, and um, the rosin and dry sift and rosin dry sift and bubble hash all had like twenty plus entries, and the BHO had five entries. So we smoked. I mean, like huge. Difference. Just a few years ago, it was completely the opposite. It would have been BHO. Well, I don't know about in Spain, but uh, uh, I don't know about in Spain. Melissa goes to Spain quite often over the years, so she might know yeah. what it was like a couple of years ago. Yeah, I've been going to Spain for cannabis reasons for like the last twelve years or so, and it, culturally, they just have a much better perception of solventless products. But they also have a fascination with West Coast culture, so it's a little bit of both, where they like whatever's hype over here, um, but. In general, I would say solventless is 80, 90% of their market in Europe in general, everywhere I've been, like 30 countries in Europe. Um, that being said, distillate and pens and the convenience of being able to, to smoke on the go in, discreetly has really raised the demand. I mean, for the first time ever, I have, not that I send things to Europe, but I certainly have people ask me to send things to Europe. And for the first time, they're asking for distillate. They're asking for pens. They're asking for these other things. So yeah, I think it's... The general market in these places is increasing a lot, but the percentages of solvent product versus solventless doesn't seem to be changing as much as I would like. I guess I was going to go in two directions with that question. Uh, I'm probably going to forget them, so I'm going to freaking write it down here. Uh, and Oh, yeah. I'm not sure if I've told you about Thailand at all since I've been. Go for it. I feel like oh, I came on once. People who are Thailand. listening uh, uh, from Thailand, actually. Go for it, dude. Oh, um, geez. Um, no, I'm not in Chiang Rai. <laughs> oh, you're not there right now? Oh, n hey, I got a teleporter, didn't you know? Oh, <laughs> did, did, you, did, you, did you magically uh, go, go back to the Wizard of Oz? Welcome, Captain. Good to see you. Uh, well, I guess I was going to say, in terms of, you know, some of the folks that, you know, travel around the world in the show or some of the folks that are uh, listening in, uh, like uh, my first thought was uh, in Minnesota. They just basically legalized the Minnesota. And so presumably there's going to be a big oil scene and everything else. And we have some folks that are listening, like Ryan, uh, and he's probably going to try to go heavy on growing and everything else. And yet the reality of it is that the extraction scene is probably a far more durable and far more honestly lucrative part of the, the the scene i would think right even internationally as uh, scene after scene uh, legalizes i would say that under the radar the people that really know how to do extractions are going to be the ones that are the most in demand no yeah i've always said the extraction solves so many growing problems uh hmm. it takes a perishable product it makes it shelf stable it takes a bulky hmm. product it makes it compact it takes a fluctuating market forever as long as i've been in the flower market has been up and down where for a long time it's completely stable. So 
as that applies to new markets and new growth, I think that they're getting the benefit of that. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. you know, here in the States, it's changed from that. But yes, I mean, we're going to talk a little bit about Thailand right now. It's all flour, but as much as they're spending for flour, the infrastructure that's going in, the demand for it, they're going to very quickly realize that we have all this byproduct. We have all this unsellable flour. We have all these people who want it on the go, want to take it. And extracts are going to be the answer for that. So I imagine they're going to have to get their shit together on the extract side sooner than later as well. Hmm. It's going to happen. I, I see it as an export and that's it. Because I, as soon as I got back and I had to go back to Ohio and Michigan in June. And when I came back, which was five days after they legalized it, or kind of made it legal, let's say, uh, within a month, I could tell that there was way too much more cannabis already here than what could be smoked at the prices they were asking. Hmm, just an explosion. Yeah. I mean, I was there in August, September, and then again for most of December uh, and part of January. And so I got to see it grow a bit uh, in between when I was there right after it got legalized in August, September, and, and when I came back. So there was definitely explosive growth, and there's definitely like shit ton of oversaturation. Over mm. But I was also still seeing crazy retail prices especially for anything i wanted to touch so i do wonder you know maybe i mean as at the grower level or the wholesale level uh maybe that's more of an issue at the retail level you know everywhere i went uh whether it was chiang mai or phuket or, or bangkok it was all pretty pretty pricey stuff i mean there wasn't much for well you didn't you should have made it four more hours north and came up to chain right <laughs> if you only had a, a crystal ball our top quality at that time was 600 to 650 baht a gram and as it and, got up or down and now our top quality in Shanghai, if you go to the right stores is 300 baht a gram. Hmm. See, I like that. That sounds good, but I am like watching people from all over post stuff. It's still that's like, still like 900, gram, right? 1200. Crazy. What's, this, uh, what's the, uh, there's, there's, isn't it 30 know, to 1? The 35 yeah. to 1. Uh, yeah, but I know 35 baht to $1. I know people sitting on 10, 20, 30 kilos. I mean, numerous people, and these are people that own delivery companies, and they can't get rid of it. Your uh, wholesalers can't get rid of it. Well, there's just um, too much here. Huh? Oversupply. Is it, Prices go for drop. And, and, and when I was there, and I know obviously they grow a lot in the country, but when I was there, the market was also completely flooded with stuff that people were at least claiming was from Cali. Yeah, and all that shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, like every single place they brag about it. Like the stores, like the outside of the store will say like US import, exotic. Yeah, yeah. That That's ridiculous. Jungle Boys. Uh we got a couple of great questions for the chat here. And the, the show's uh, uh 
wrap it up soon, so I want to get to them here. Uh, Zestier, actually, the newest question is uh, one of the best here, to be honest. Uh, Zestier, I want to get back to this other organic thing. But anyway, uh, Zestier says, is there a future extraction technique that we're just approaching now? Or, for example, some new tech on extraction that basically... Uh, yeah, the membrane, the membrane filtration is changing the game as far as, you know, the power and footprint uh, and time needed for solvent recovery. And then that's also, you know, you're able to do color remediation and winterization and, and you know, separations with those. So that's huge. And then there's all sorts of new techniques that are going on with large-scale THCA isolation and isomerization and, you know, just general separations technology. I also see like a bunch of questions from Floor Nugs in the chat. I want to just run through. That's Go for it. I think I touch on some of this. Uh, so, am I messing with synthesized CBGA? We're not synthesizing. So, what we're doing is we're uh, crystallizing and isolating CBGA that we're growing in the field, and we've been doing that since 2020 or so. We've taken some of that CBGA and made synthetic cannabinoids with it, CBC, CBT shit ton of unknowns, unidentifiable stuff that we haven't necessarily gone down the rabbit hole of. Um, but uh, just Oregon's banned synthetic cannabinoids over the last year or so. So even CBC, CBN, stuff with no THC in it, like uh, they just kind of loosened it back up and, and let CBN go again. But you have to jump through a shit ton of hoops. It's just honestly not worth doing any synthesized stuff in the state of Oregon. Uh, not even including the stuff that gets you high, just even boring stuff like CBC, CBN. Uh, and then he says, are you doing anything with THCO, THCP? Uh, right now, no, for the same reasons. And I also, I've smoked THCO in the past, but THCP, by the time it started coming around, I'd already decided to just stop smoking synthetics. I don't have a need to, and there's just too many potential... Uh, I don't trust the testing. I don't trust the chemists necessarily making them. And then as far as THCO goes, I don't vape that anymore, even if I did trust it, because it forms ketene gases. PSU, I think, put out, uh, Portland State University, I think, put out the study about it. But it uh, forms ketene gases, so they're not safe to vape the acetates. But they should be safe to eat, and they, they're good for sleep. Uh, uh, differences you see from living grown soil and hydro-grown when extracting... So it varies person by person, but we have seen what, and I don't know that it is just for soil or just for hydro or just for salts, but some people's stuff shatters up really fast. Some people's never shatters. Some of it might have to do, especially the stuff that doesn't shatter with terpene content or wax content. So, I mean, it can vary depending on the grower, but I don't know that there's like a science to it that we could point out. go over like, when you go over like what, like five percent terps, like it's always like really runny. Is like, is there any way to not make it runny, or is it just always going to be runny with high terps? Uh, pretty much, it's going to be runny with high terps. If you want to cook the terps out to make it shatter, or you can whip it and kind of like yeah, just kind of the butter out of it, it. Bit and hide yeah. the terps in the matrix. Yeah, uh, it depends what your end goal is. Uh, and then lastly, the rosin diamonds. So I'm not a huge rosin guy, just because that's never what we focused all of our time and energy on uh but i have watched a guy first time i saw it was probably five six years ago his name's heavy ice rx i think i think he's still around making rosin stuff but he did mechanical separation where he pressed off the terpenes and then did a couple other presses uh and i think now if you just look at mechanical thca separation i've seen it happen i just don't know that it's scalable or worth it or 
I don't know. And then as far as growing diamonds in it, I've got a buddy. I don't know what his Instagram handle is, but it's substitute creature on the future 4200 forums. And he had some rosin that was terpy enough that when he put it in a closed jar and put it, I can't remember if it was in an oven or on a heating mat, 80, 90 degrees Fahrenheit, he was able to get some small THCA crystals to grow. But, you know, basically your solution has to have enough terpenes in it or heat so that, you know, the molecules can move around. Uh, so it's possible. This is a good question from uh, uh, Zesty again. Uh, is any uh, is there any plant root based line of products via these extractions? We've talked sometimes on the show about how there's CBD and stuff in the roots. Do you guys do anything with the, the roots in general at all? So I don't, but in Thailand, there's like, I can't remember how many traditional recipes. It's 16 or 32 or some, they have some list of traditional, traditional recipes. Allowed. Medicines is uh, 15, but there's many different types of soups that they make up here with the mm. leaf and the root. Thank you so much. I really, I forgot you were here. I would have deferred to you. Um, <laughs> Um, but yeah, so when I was there, I saw some traditional medicines, even at like actual pharmacies, you know, ground up in capsules or whatever that contained the root. I personally don't recall seeing much in the U.S. Uh, with, with that. But I, I, in Thailand, I did see stuff made with powdered root at least once or twice. They were actually using the root in some of the uh, higher-priced restaurants in Bangkok, too. But That's that cool. market has seemed to dissipate. I did see that there was initially, early on in legalization, the government was trying to get restaurants to cook with, like, leaves and stuff. Oh, Try yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hey, so you, five six dollars for a leaf on your plate <laughs> that's funny um so i guess the new government that's coming in our k-man is not super friendly with the cannabis and mm. it looked like they were going to kind of roll back now that they had power is that still the case or has money changed their mind or is that still up in the air uh right now as far as they're concerned uh, the previous government went way too far and they would like to see it go back to its schedule and be medical only. And now they're open to maybe recreational in certain areas, maybe high tourist areas. And I would probably think they'd want to keep it like they were talking early on to the uh, beach and island scene so they can kind of keep it controlled the on the island. Yeah. The same. Um, man. Uh, so when does the new government come into power and when do you August. think? August. And is that something that might happen just as quickly as legalization overnight or? Does it take time what? for stuff to get passed? It, it's going to take time. And actually, when you were here in August and September, uh, that is the real start of flowering here in Thailand because the rains start to wane away. 
And here in Chiang Rai, basically, I don't have rain until from October until April. So I'm able to grow a little bit thicker buds. I'm able to grow broadleaf plants, indica. But I see them, to tell you the truth, I, I pulled my money out. I'm not going to invest because I've heard I quite a few people just, are uh, pulling out basically. Yeah. That they've lost hope basically. Is that, is that a foregone conclusion? I was going to ask you Pharmax, honestly, because the show is kind government. of wrapping up here. The, well, I wonder what you guys, you've been traveling around quite a bit. Honestly, I think this is the, the, the free form part of the show. Now uh, you guys have uh, traveled to Spain and, and, and Thailand and, and, and many other places. Where do you see the future of cannabis going? Is it going to be uh I don't know. Uh, locked down by corporate interests? Is it going to be an open space for uh, 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 the little guy? Probably not, of course. But what's what's it going to be? Well, Melissa just said, and I agree with her, that we need to see how Germany goes and watch how the mm. EU follows in regards to Europe, because that's going to be the first first recreational country over there, yeah. and it's going to be if it if, if it goes yeah. through, it's going to be the largest single recreational market mm. in the world because that's the true. U.S. is connected and they've got 80 million uh people uh, thailand is now 72 million thailand is now i assume the percentage of people who smoke in thailand is much lower it's a mm. tourism-based product uh on a big economic factor so that'll be interesting and then mexico's been dragging their feet for since 2016 2018 whenever they really started right. trying to get this legalization pushed through and it's come back and forth but they're on the verge of it you know um, and then, yeah, Go the rest Columbia. of Central and South America is going to go. Colombia just recreationally legalized, but just like Germany, uh, and fully online. I think, I, think. I think it got voted down, actually, in Colombia, hmm. like two weeks ago. Nope. I'd have to check. You very well could be right. A lot of hype around it. Got medical. Uh, they've also got THC production for export that they've had licenses out for a couple of years now. So they can grow THC in certain places, but only for export. Wow. Interesting. Which I feel like that could be like the sweatshop of cannabis for the world if they get the export lined up. Yeah. Well, I know right now somebody with one of the licenses and they're scrambling to find products that are not THC related, like terpenes or other hemp stuff, hmm. just because right now they're having problems with the export just because of other, uh, treaties that people are involved in internationally that mm -hmm. don't allow them to deal with it. Um, Mexico is going to be pretty big too if we if they allow importing exporting. Okay. Oh, for sure. Holy cow. I mean, they, they grow so much produce for us now. Basically, all of our pineapples and all that stuff, oranges and stuff, they all come from, we all mentally think that it still comes from Florida, but it doesn't. Florida's like citrus scene is gone and it's all now basically freaking Mexico. So can you imagine if they took over cannabis, they would just, uh, they would do very well at it, I think, honestly. Yeah, we uh, tentatively, <laughs> we have a tentative event in Mexico <laughs> later in uh, like early November. That's awesome. Are you guys basically taking this 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 show on the road? Is that kind of the idea? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. We've been making curriculum that we're planning on being able to repeat. So we have a BHO class that's already in the books, ready to repeat elsewhere. And then this one is probably going to be able to be broken into two different classes. And then we'll uh, I've got some new interesting solventless adjacent technology nice. that we're going to be teaming up with a, uh, a solventless 
person to do a series of classes mm -hmm. with. So slowly but surely just building up curriculum and then just kind of hopping to new emerging markets that mm -hmm. have juice behind them. What a wonderful yes. excuse to travel the world. What a wonderful excuse. I mean, yeah, honestly. And I have been on a couple of things <laughs> together over this last year. Yeah, we've been, been to more countries than states together. So. Yeah, Spain, right. Colombia. We were just in Maine for another thing she was doing. Yeah, you should have told me. Uh, it was nuts. It was a, it was a crazy... <laughs> I, did I not tell you I was out there? Nah. In, I guess not. Yeah, I was out there just for a couple of days. It was crazy. Anytime you come to the East Coast, let me know. All right, I'll hit you up next time. How um, is, uh, we'll go for a smash. Go for it. I was just thinking, like, we were talking about hash and stuff with my buddy's parents the other day. And I was like, places like Germany and stuff, they take the, it's harder for them to sell flour. It's bulkier. It, it, it smells, when you just process it, it, it makes it last longer, preserves it. You can hold it for way longer. I, I've always wanted to learn BHO. Like, it's something, but doing it at home never seemed feasible. Like, I've done some extractions with BHO, but it's, like, very... Yeah, we never recommend anybody do it at home or outside of, like, a licensed, well-ventilated... Yeah, it's, it's illegal, obviously, so we have to tell everybody don't do that shit at home because, obviously, it's fucking uh, illegal. We don't uh, condone any kind of illegal stuff. That's one of the ironies... Uh, uh, you know, one of the reasons why I like solventless is that it is legal to do at home, but also you don't have to use any splody chemicals and stuff. I don't know. We've had this discussion, you know, Pharmex and me about, you know, which one is better, blah, 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 blah. What do you think these days, actually, Pharmex? What do you prefer to dab? Do you still prefer to dab so BHO? I'm getting or? more and more into solventless these days because, you know, over the years, I've been more of like a maybe even anti-solventless yeah. guy and the quality that people are breeding for it with the freeze dryers all the preservation techniques i've been seeing more and more when i smoke other people's stuff because i typically you know when i make stuff it's typically with solvents just because that's what i know <laughs> and i have the equipment for but when i buy stuff or see other people's stuff uh at sessions leaning more and more towards solventless these days just because mm -hmm. i find with uh, solvents, BHO, people are, are saying, oh, well, with my shitty stuff that I can filter or clean mm. up or turn into diamonds and kind of hide the midziness, I'll do that with butane because I have more science and magic I could do. And, yeah, you know, solventless solventless that knows what they're doing, they know they have to start with good material or it's just not going to fucking fly, you know? So I think... Part of it's just, you know, the solventless guys are being more selective and careful from start to finish. And, you know, I think maybe if they took the same flour and made a hydrocarbon extract with it, I might enjoy it just as, as well. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but, yeah, I mean, I'm a lot less of a, yeah. you know, yeah, <laughs> lot, yeah, a lot more open to solventless products than I, I was in the past, uh, you know. It's just a first point for me, like. So for the price of rosin, I can get three grams of BHO. Mm, it's true. Yeah. Oh, see, I'm not really fancy hash. Of the residual solvent or whatever. So, so yeah, if I can get three times the medicine, if I can get three grams for 60 bucks instead of one gram, and they mm. both taste good and smell good and, you know, I don't know. I mean, the equivalent to like wine or beer or something like that. It's like, yeah, I might get some crazy micro brew when I'm out at the bar, but I'm not going to buy it. Are, 
Yeah. Um, Most of the time, if I'm dabbing or ozzing, someone gave it to me. Yeah. <laughs> but, and I mean, I still see, like, if, if it's flower rosin or rosin made from trim bin sift or, like, I've still seen plenty of, like, midzy solventless that I'd rather smoke midzy BHO. I think that's one of the problems, too. Like, I've had some really bad rods in that first around here. So, like, it kind of turned me off. It, it would chaz my banger, like, even even with just a little extra heat. And when I was doing that was one of that was one of Farmex's uh, uh, not maybe complaints, but one of his data points or something. We'll say uh, back in the old club, and we would used to uh, dab a lot of the rosin would leave some residue, whereas his BHO was clean as fuck. You'd basically get a, a Q tip and rub the bowl, and there was literally nothing on it. Whereas with the rosin, in many cases, uh, there was uh, brown, black, whatever, some kind of residue. It might have even been fairly clear, but something. Yeah, more could be chlorophyll. Lipids, probably. What do you think, Formix? It's, it's anything that made it through your screens uh, that got carried along for the ride. It could be chlorophyll, lipids, yeah. general particulate. Dreadlock from a trimmer. Dreadlock from oh. a trimmer. I mean, <laughs> all sorts of stuff. Um. <laughs> yeah, and then also just, you know, pesticides, mold, mildew, heavy metals, that's stuff that we can pull out with you know, hydrocarbons and filtration and distillation, which, you know, might not be the best thing to do with your super high-end sexy flower. But, mm. you know, for some stuff, you know, if you want to make something that's still clean in medicine and get stuff down to, you know, non-detect levels. Hmm. Are you the, seeing the, uh, the distillate in, in Oregon? Are you seeing the distillate going to a lot of the pre-roll markets so they can... Uh, you know, add terps and distillate and, and dress up some low-grade mm. wheat. Make, I mean, know, joints are definitely a more and more common thing that we see. But I would say that cartridges, cartridges and then edibles are the main consumer of distillate. Tinctures and topicals a little bit? Or tinctures like and topicals a little <laughs> bit, but like carts, I want to say by far, mm. and then edibles. Uh -huh. We're going to do Oh, yeah, we're going to be infusing joints with a yeah. Thompson Duke joint infusing machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is one of our favorite Oregon farms in the recreational space. That's cool. So yeah. I, worked for, uh, I worked for a company, that's what they, they, they did for a while, that infused joints. Like, they're pretty big in California. And so I learned that process a few years ago, and I don't know. I was... I guess it, I guess it's good. Like a lot of people really like that product, um, but you know, just taking basically uh, like you know mid grade weed and and adding distillate and, uh, and botanical terps. You, know, you guys are probably using. I mean, uh, honestly, real, people love those you know, fucking white claws, terps, Flora. It's basically freaking uh, uh, what a lot of times probably artificial flavors that are basically. Uh, yeah, it's probably the equivalent of, uh, of a uh, four loco. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like a four loco of weed. People love that shit. Yeah. Cheers, Gigi. Gigi wanted sure. to hop on and uh, show off his garden. Well, Farmex, it's been a delightful pleasure, honestly. You need to come here. Here, I'm just going to show Gigi's garden while we talk. Uh, it's been a uh, delightful conversation. I hope we can get you back again. What are your, I don't know, final thoughts or last thoughts or just wrapping up thoughts, whatever, about your conference this Saturday? I was going to ask you, honestly, a couple other questions. Well, fuck, might as well ask you. I'm not in a rush. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if you want to ask some What's questions. Your, 
Well, what, what's been your, because I'm all about the flavors and stuff. You've been in Spain and Thailand. What's been your favorite shit to smoke lately? What have you, have you tried any amazing new flavors that we haven't? So I will say that when I was in shit? Spain, there was a lot of really spicy stuff. Cool. And when I asked the people what it was, that basically they said it was haze. It was hazes. Huh. Um, so it was a flavor that I never really got here. And I think that's because, you know, in Oregon, by the time, like I was saying earlier, by the time the mold comes around, you know, it's shit's fucked. And mm. I don't think people can grow 13 wheat flowering strains here. And uh, there's a lot I, of hazes here, but they are. They're called for shortness. And for example, I've literally been smoking a haze cross, and they're basically all selected for that kind of pungent foot aroma, like that dude, ETF kind of fun. Like a ramen like noodle spice powder. I think takes longer. Yeah, yeah. Like a terp over there that we don't have here. Five cool. spice powder. It tasted like a ramen noodle spice packet. That's awesome. I think that's a cultural thing with the crossover, for, and I could be wrong, Morocco and more uh, Afghani kind of flour, because you, you do see like uh, the old school Tuggly Reds and African strains and stuff. They have a different palette for it there than we do here where everybody wants like fruity and desserts and da 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 da. Hmm. It's definitely like, it's nice to get what they do well in each place. Like when I'm in Amsterdam, I always smoke cheese. They fucking, they do it well over there. Things like hmm. that. And in Thailand, uh, they like sour stuff. And I mean, I'm not sure there's really a better way to describe it than it just mm. kind of has like a tropical sour flavor to it. That's cool. That's right. Different than our tropical sweet stuff. We get like more sweet notes and they get more sour notes. But so it's definitely been interesting to see what people lean towards. And honestly, I think in Thailand, I was getting a lot of imported stuff. I did find one grower. That's what Captain has been saying. Frustratingly, it's all like American strains. Yeah. yeah. You so know, for sure, I was getting some Thai stuff uh, that oh. was generally pretty nice, but but I think most everything else I got in Thailand was imported. But what are the hybrid stuff like? Are they still very uh, separate? Because I, I don't like the idea of the future just being all like cookies crosses, right? Like we've been basically talking about this with with uh, Captain and others. Like apparently on the market, all you could find was fucking Mac One. And apparently they had Super Boof. And they basically had everything that we had on our fucking shelves instead of their local stuff. Is that what you're seeing when you go around the world? Or do they literally have their own local uh, stuff? I think they have two menus, import and a local menu. And like I said, they're very fascinated with like West Coast culture and what's hype here. And you'll see them. When I used to go, it used to be like one to two years behind and whatever was cool here, they, they were on a year or two later. Now with like the advent of social media and people sending packs and da 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 da, they're pretty much on whatever we're on. That being said, the price that they pay for, they charge for that is double what the local stuff is. And the local mm -hmm. stuff tends to be those more legacy strains that they've been growing for 20 years and they know they can do well in that climate and that kind of stuff. Interesting. But it'll literally, you'll go to a club and it'll literally be California. They call it a Cali menu, even though we know it's from Oregon and Oklahoma <laughs> and a local menu. And the locals, do they just go nuts for that Cali menu basically, or is it the tourists? Oh, uh, Spain is a completely local based smoking economy. Oh, cause it's medical, isn't it? Right. It's not medical. It's private. So you have to be a member of a private club Gotcha. and it can be as, Simple to get into the club is like, I'm here, I want to spend some money. Or it can be as difficult as like, you have to know someone, you have to vouch for someone. We're going to do this. They go through a lot of hoops. It just depends how hyped that particular club is. And there's something like 500 smoking lounges within the city of Barcelona alone. They're <laughs> unlabeled. Like, you have to know it's there. Like, Ring a doorbell. You go into like a holding room where they I gotcha. passport. And then you go into another lounge. I got that makes sense. We were trying to figure that out. Go ahead. Like, you know, people who knew a bunch of people. 
we were trying to figure that out because I don't know. I think on this show we were sort of assuming that it's like a kind of a medical scene or whatever in Spain or something. But then Jorge Cervantes came on here and he's like, "No, it's not fucking legal. You can't, you know, you can't like openly grow it. And you can't smoke it on the street and whatever else." Yeah, we, we had multiple friends like, that get stopped by the police. That's it's more of a little hassle and a shakedown. So it's You're basically it, it's literally like a freaking uh, uh, speakeasy culture, basically. Yes. But it's actually really super nice. I th I've enjoyed it more than anywhere else because when you're in there and you're smoking, it's not like Amsterdam or even like a consumption lounge in San Francisco or when they used to have a few here. You're there with people who are local. They're passionate about it. They're, it's a community. You're talking about that. You're talking about what the best restaurant is on the street. I mean, it's just a different vibe than someone who's just, oh, well, I can get a joint and I'm on vacation. I want to smoke, you know? Huh. It's really cool. And they... They and Spanibus was great. Yeah. Spanibus was just yeah. such a good event. It was like yeah. European high times, but also because it was in Plus Spain, half of, MJ half of the people <laughs> and, and like half of MJ Biz, but because it was Spain, like a lot of the people that had traveled there were from Central and South America. So it was just like such an international vibe. It was great. Tell us about it. You guys have amazing Spanish food. What you guys do there? Oh, all of it, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh my God, <laughs> nuts. I mean we, we catered some of the food, so of course that was uh, fun just to do that in a different market, but also, you know, like they literally have a, like a ham guy carving a, a beautiful Iberico ham off the bone for you while you're smoking hash and just like insane stuff. We yeah, that's it. that's all he does is he carves ham. We were gonna get a ham leg for the party that we threw, and so we're like, all right, dude, like his job is just the, the ham leg. Like three hundred dollars for the ham leg, but another three hundred dollars for the ham guy. <laughs> um. And then, uh, so he knows how to carve the ham in the perfect way for flavor or something. I touched the ham, and it was like sacrilege. You don't fuck with that another man's ham. You don't touch another man's ham. I mean, hand. I mean that's fair. Yeah, uh, I don't think I would touch ham. I mean, I'm speaking mostly for Barcelona, and there it's a big country, lots of different scenes. But Barcelona is the hub of cannabis, but it's a beautiful culture, beautiful architecture friendly people. It's like a young vibe, super alive city, great food, late night, relatively inexpensive by European standards. Although Gaudi it's architecture. A just, it's a wild we place to the Familia Sagrada. Which yeah, is things like, almost done, yeah. many decades to, to build. This yeah. Almost 100 years. Yeah, I think about it. Like yeah. I can't remember oh, the details, but it's yeah. just absolutely stunning and gorgeous. and Great place to do mushrooms. Great place to do mushrooms. <laughs> that someone... What do they say? Swim. Someone who is not me. <laughs> so. Let me look it up. Sagrada Familia. Uh, Sagrada Familia. Sagrada Familia. It was, fuck, it was built in, so it's, uh, uh, I feel oh, like no, they're over 100 years in and like 10, that, 12 years ago, but when was it actually? We were, we were there with a friend. because we 141 just years ago in 1882. Oh, geez. Yeah. And it feels so much more modern than that. Like, it, it just feels very modern, well, was, but not in a bad way. It started by Gaudi with the knowledge that he would not be able to finish it. So it has mm. these different facades. It has the, the older, more classical style facade, and then it has these modern ones. And it mm. really takes in a lot of, like, natural elements, and it feels like you're inside of a living organism. And they thought about mm. the way the light would hit at different times during the day, and it's just such a interesting, powerful place to be. I'm not a religious yeah. person. But you feel the emotion the artist is trying to convey when you're in No, there. for sure. And there's all yeah, kinds of mirror issues on the floor it, yeah. And you could look look at the mirror on the floor and see it all from like different oh, yeah. upside down angles. It was pretty yeah, fun. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it's that shit. Great. 
I mean, if people want to do a single international event, Spanibus, hands down. Uh, yeah, we'll be there happen. next year. If you want to party, come Spanibus. <laughs> just in general. So, I mean, if you guys are taking your show on the road, how do people that are listening to this show or maybe watching on repeat or something, how do they visualize your guys' uh, experience? Is it? It's obviously not a beginner intro, I wouldn't think. Is it a medium thing? Is it something that you do when you're already a super advanced uh, extractor? In so far, insofar trying to do something for people who are already kind of in the extraction space that – it's like we're we're starting at a I don't want to say a beginner level, but like we're starting with people who don't know how to do these concepts at all, but are familiar with the space. It wouldn't necessarily be for not in extraction. Level up whatever skills you currently have. Yeah, we haven't been going super advanced though. We haven't done any like, hey, if you already know, well, we did the CRC class last July. We we have done some advanced classes, but generally they've been more like. Intermediate. intermediate yeah novice intermediate like people who already generally know some terms but definitely every section we always start out with here's new terms that we're using here's some some new words you might not have heard before and what so they actually the, earlier in the show i got the feeling that someone like me probably wouldn't even uh, get any benefit from it but actually probably a lot of the people that are watching this show know about terpenes know about extractions for example flora and i i think could make any kind of solventless product that exists so if we already know about basically uh, a mechanical separation for those kinds of things we could probably learn quite a bit from uh, the distillate process and stuff or is that way off are we uh, no it's, it's too, true and we will be talking about mechanical separation we're going to be talking about using centrifuges to do uh, mechanical separation of THCA in the HTE layer. We're going to be talking about just other filtration uh, methods in general that could apply there. And we're also going to be talking about vacuum levels and, and uh, vapor pressures and other stuff that's going to apply when using your freeze dryers or even just having your shit exist at room temperature. I think there's a lot of stuff we'll go over that'll apply. Oh, I was going to say, one thing that Eric does really well that uh, versus some other teachers that I've worked with is you have a really great base of safety and terminology, mm-hmm. product storage, product handling, uh, which does apply to people who aren't necessarily going to be the extractor. This is something that would benefit an investor, so you're making smart decisions, mm-hmm. uh, trimmers even, people who work, the office lady, so she knows what the fuck you're talking about. Like, mm-hmm. there's just a, We do have know. one office lady. <laughs> One of the office ladies from our host lab is is going to be shadowing the class. I mean... We joke sometimes about having a class that's like for Chad. No, you joke, but you get a question. You get a, I don't know, as your as your business scales up, you're going to get a freaking call from Spain or something, and it's going to be a million dollar order, and your freaking office lady's not going to know what the fuck they're talking about, and you're going to lose that goddamn client. Whereas if yeah. you just take her to the class, she'll actually no. know, oh, no, you just want to talk, talk about this. Not really knowing what they're talking about. How many people have had the, like, the money guy come in when the extractor's buying something or when the grower's buying supplies, and they don't know enough to know that they're making poor choices with their money. I help people design <laughs> labs. Uh, it's just part of my business. I do consultation and all the time I have lab owners, the money people call me and they say, Oh, you know, I want to do this, this, and this. And they might already have oftentimes have a lab manager already hired. Cause the person I need to be talking to that knows more about, you know, their ventilation and their electrical and their Good state view. requirements for solvent handling or storage or, or metric or whatever. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> so it's definitely important for everybody at all levels to know. And, I mean, Melissa can speak more to it. But over the last 10 years, she's worked for, uh, you know, typically like in a uh, customer engagement type role with a lot of extraction uh, 
companies and ancillary equipment providers and solvent salespeople and like having a working knowledge helps people who call say, hey, I need pentane and she'll be able to say, oh, and pentane or other pentane, yeah, what volume? Your analogy that you used in the beginning about selling shovels, I mean, that's been my career for the last 10 years of selling shovels. That being said, I've never really extracted, but I've sold hundreds, if not thousands of extraction machines. You don't need to be a race car driver to sell a car, but I better be able to tell you what fucking kind of gas it takes, right? You know, what engine's under the hood, how to drive it. But I'm not, I'm not here to teach you how to win the Indy 500 or whatever. <laughs> so Can I stand by that? What I, what I, I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, uh, there's a little bit of lag. Uh, what was I going to say? I stand by what I was saying, that it's important to know these things as we move forward. Anybody that wants to stay in cannabis, I think is going to have to pivot from what they thought they were going to do before. I don't know how many times we've heard people in the in the comments or in the chat or whatever say like, man, I thought, you know, being in cannabis for years, I'd have a bigger place. No, man, you always have to pivot into something else. And so a lot of us mm -hmm. that have been growers or whatever else, that stuff is fairly easy to do. You know what I mean? The, the barrier to entry for that stuff is fairly low, whereas the barrier to entry for something like extraction is a little bit higher. Pivoting into that, I think, is probably a lot smarter thing for a lot of folks uh, around the country, around the world, on and on and on. And it's honestly just good to know skills. Go ahead, sorry. Uh, that is one nice advantage of the solvent list side is the barrier to entry is so much lower. I mean, that's true too. as simple as stealing your girlfriend's hair straightener. <laughs> that's true too. <laughs> and, and it's a better market to be in for small batch. For sure. Uh, yeah. We're actually before we bounce for the evening. What do you have? You guys seen a big difference in terms of career prospects for that? I mean, how do I put this uh, around the world? Because you know, you're partnering up. I guess I could probably guess a couple of the people you're partnering up 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 with Solventless. Uh, how do I put this? Are their careers scalable around the country? Like, are they are they going to be doing solventless hash in uh, Thailand and in ten years? Are they going to be doing the, in? Uh, are they going to have like oh, solventless experts and gurus there? Or, go ahead. Berries and Melissa might have some input as well, but I think right now, if you're in an established market, you're going to be getting like eighteen to twenty-two dollars an hour to jump on board in a in a role where you're mm -hmm. doing hands-on extraction all day. And a lot of times, you're going to use that as a stepping stone, and you're going to learn a lot. And I think a lot of these markets, there's room for small people who have that experience to start their own businesses and actually scale up and make some money themselves. But it's also not necessarily, unless you're in a brand new emerging market, mm. kind of hard to just jump in and start making a shit ton of money unless you already have. Super hard to get into any kind of licensed environment. And that's been, for me being on the picks and shovel side, it's been a big blessing that I, I'm selling you the equipment. I don't need to care about <laughs> your zoning, your solvent handling. I mean, I want people to be safe and successful. That being said, you know, I sell you the shovel and you go dig wherever you like. Problem with that is now that there's so many abandoned shovels everywhere yeah, that instead of selling shovels, we're, we're selling how to more effectively use your shovel, how to hmm. process your things, where to dig, that kind of. There's a lot of equipment manufacturers that are going out of business because over the last two, three years, there's a lot of labs that have gone out of business. Interesting. A lot of people made a shit ton of money growing hemp or cannabis 2016, 17, 18, 19, started putting money into infrastructure drying buildings extraction dispensaries what have you and then people just started falling through the cracks uh you know whether it was covid or isomers mm -hmm. kind of killing one market or another or people just growing too much hemp in 2018 19 and then not being able to move at all uh, i mean there's a lot of reasons but there's there's so much brand new unboxed equipment that's never been opened that people are going to sell for pennies on the dollar 
and there's plenty more used equipment that's getting mm -hmm. sold for pennies on the dollar and uh stainless prices went wild during covid i mean um consumable prices went wild during covid getting things like ISO for cleaning your equipment was impossible. Just, you know. Chinese manufacturers mm -hmm. have caught up with, with all the shit that we're making. So, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, there's definitely. I wish a, I had the answer of what the new next stable thing is. I mean, that's I mean emer emerging <laughs> markets. If you're in an emerging market, because if you're in an existing market, if you're not already vertically integrated, you know, or selling the pick or shovel or, you know, doing a niche thing, you know, you got to keep your eye on emerging markets or being unique. The niche, it's all about finding that little niche that you fit into that you can fill. Amen. Yep. I wonder, like, I've been thinking of, like, my main goal is to go to Maine right now and start a business. Like, but, like, you I started a cannabis business? Yeah, like, like mm -hmm. a grow up. Um, he lives in Boston. Okay. Did you say Maine? Yeah, Maine. So we were just there in a half medical, half recreational lab that uh, that was pretty pretty nice. They were doing it all, and I want to say he said that anything in the rec space was worth more. Yeah, he said medical was way easier to get into, but recreational was more money. Once you pass the barrier of entry, it was a better market to be in. Do you have any general plan on what you're planning on doing? Well. I don't know, more and more, you need to have everything. So I would like to get like infused pre-rolls, maybe DHO, hash. I want to have like my own brand of everything. Are you looking to join a team that's existing or uh, build something from scratch? I wouldn't be opposed to join a team, but it was kind of like 540 acres, put up a building and go for like a tier two license. Hey, Unfortunately, Formex is actually a good person to market, But if you have the if you have the cash to do it, more power to you. But that's this is, I help this people is the design kind of, and build labs for a living. I was just going to say, Farvix is the kind of guy who does this. So if you have a, a lot of people that watch this show are dreamers, which is fine. It's fine. It's great to be a dreamer, right? But also sometimes uh, dreams interact with reality, right? And so this is one of those circumstances. For example, Farmix, you've been describing a relatively bleak picture of the cannabis world, honestly, if you look at the between the lines, honestly. Uh, but uh, it's not all, you know doom and gloom right there's still picks and shovels to be sold and stuff like that but i guess like like you were saying if you have the right uh, connections and stuff unfortunately in this goddamn life it's either money or connections or both uh if you have the right connections and or money you could actually get somewhere i mean what would farmex i guess as we freaking bounce out of here because honestly this is a nice long show already uh what what would you say you're not the the nostradamus or something of weed but if 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 you were to say something to the dreamers that are listening in into the show right now and they're still interested in going somewhere let's say around the country or even around the world if they could and still having a toehold in cannabis is that a possibility what would they if it is a possibility what would you recommend they do or how would they move forward basically concretely? like like we were just saying and like captain 420 uh you know reiterated find a niche i mean I mean, that's important. I mean, branding, like making an identity for yourself, obviously seems to be huge in this industry. Like if you can have a brand or a following, uh, that seems to help people make. I mean, there's exponential returns there's there. A, there's so much supply. You have to create your own demand, I think. 
if people ask me at this point in the industry where they could get involved in an, in an existing market, I tell them testing. I don't know anything about really the infrastructure of it, but if you were to spend money or want to get involved or spend your education focusing on something, I think that we talked about it earlier. The testing is how much of those, these people's budgets, the testing is more rigorous all the time. So if you can get involved in that side, although it's not my particular niche or passion, I think that that's not going anywhere. That's still an option. And there are some emerging markets, aren't there? Like tissue culture, there's some other stuff coming. Like there's always well, tissue culture is not an emerging market. They've been doing that in plant pathology for fucking well, like thirty years. But hey, if you're the first person to show up in Thailand and set up a tissue culture True. lab, or one True. of the first people to show up and True. set up an analytical lab, because right now in Thailand there is almost no under ten. How many? Under under ten. Under 10 analytical labs. And when I was there, I don't know that there were any when I was there. Any tested stuff? Um, <clears throat> it's not cannabis per se, but it's uh, our sister. You know, I'm really interested to see how mushrooms and psychedelics and, mm -hmm. you know, other drugs, I don't want to say drugs, but other medicines roll out. Extraction people are pivoting into the mushroom space Hard. as are analytical <laughs> people. They're e mushrooms are easy to, like, I know someone that completely stopped growing cannabis just to grow mushrooms. Oh, I think a yeah. lot of people have done that. Yeah, yeah. a lot of people have pivoted. Like, uh, That's probably, maybe because it's a newer market, that might be a better place to, to go as a independent owner-operator than a cannabis grow. Because honestly, oh, I, I hate to say it, but the dream of a, like an independent cannabis grow where you sell your freaking, you know, put your shingle out and sell cannabis out the front door like Randy does on South Park, that shit's gone, I think. Go for it, for Yeah, so I uh, I thought to myself the same thing about two years ago. It's like, mushrooms are taking off. This time I'm going to sell the pick and shovel. Uh -huh. So I started getting my bags real real good. You know, they weren't molding or blowing up or melting or anything. And then by the time I started selling them, it cost so much to ship the damn things uh -huh. based on what other people were selling them for. I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of other stuff you can do. I'm sure, like, uh, sports syringes have a huge markup sure. i just picked the wrong yeah, that's product the focus on but yeah dude if you can get good sports syringes and then what you do you just like i said brand yourself market yourself mm. so you fucking uh you take really nice pictures of the, the mushrooms you're growing and say here's my spores product with a huge markup and then maybe do something niche like find a mutant that people like like the enigma or find one that just like grows it. cool or looks weird or has a funny <laughs> name or form of consumption you get them first yeah, yeah. You make the suppositories <laughs> make the first mushroom suppositories uh, you but, know but, but, I don't know. yeah but, or but, find yeah. a cannabis extractor <laughs> and have him extract the mushrooms for you yeah that's some mushroom extractors uh, mushroom extractors do they overlap do the skills overlap it's it's easier uh, to consume. The taste isn't as bad. The nausea and upset stomach is not as bad. It kicks in a little faster, especially yeah. if you get all the psilocybin to psilocin, and yeah. they don't look like mushrooms. So I think <laughs> mushroom extracts are going to be huge in the future. Cleaning solvents, of course, and uh, sanitization equipment, autoclaves, that sort of thing. A lot of cannabis extraction stuff can be repurposed for that. So more and more, I'm seeing DMT vape, vape cartridges now, too, which is interesting. I've never seen it before. <laughs> For official reasons, that's obviously illegal. Yes. Uh, but, yeah. Swim. Swim saw those. It's interesting. It's like, like it's, mushroom extracts are really good. That's the, I'd rather do 
the extract than like the fruit. The fruit always messes my stomach up. But when I do the extract, it's not like it doesn't really mess my stomach up ever. To circle back a little bit to what we're talking about, where you would get in. <laughs> but I tell young people if they want to be involved in cannabis, I tell them to go learn how to be an electrician because or plumber. Mm. Yeah, something blue collar in the infrastructure of it. We pay plumbers so much money and electricians. <laughs> you know, it's five hundred dollars mm. to show up, and we all use HVAC, water, power. Anytime yeah. these new buildings come online, I mean, I'm sure there's people that go emerging market to emerging market. People don't want to hear it. Yeah, they don't want to hear it. They want to basically sit there and mix their freaking advanced nutrient bottles or whatever and basically get paid high dollar. But I think that... No, two-year two technical program that you make yeah. money while you're in it. You make $18 an hour to be in the technical program and then you leave welding, welding the clothes. And loops. You're right. Well, when's the last time you paid an electrician less than a couple hundred bucks? Yeah, just to even show up straight up. Cannabis goes away. It's easy to get an electrician job. That's not a problem. The other sector that I still see people doing really successful is on the license side, like the logistics of metric or similar systems. Like I have friends that teach people how to use metric and they're incredibly busy, incredibly successful. Or like our incredibly friend, high demand. I mean, uh, one of the filtration media companies that's a sponsor for this event, Carbon Chemistry, their owners came from, uh, they went to school for like maritime logistics. Mm -hmm. So it's like if they stop selling filter media, they'll start importing, I don't know, toasters or mm. something else. <laughs> coconuts. Some yeah. shit. Cocoa choir for all the people who uh, still grow weed and cocoa or something. It's been a great show, honestly. Farmix, I've really enjoyed yeah, thanks it. Thanks for and, having uh, me. Yeah, man. Cheers. It's been a while. Uh, like and my apologies. I forget your, your partner's uh, name this whole oh, time. Melissa. Thanks, Melissa. Melissa thank you. We'd rather be traveling. So, uh, We'd rather I have be traveling. Original background in uh, travel before cannabis. So I'd love to combine awesome. the two. But we're yeah. looking forward to seeing everybody out this weekend. We'd love to have you. The sesh is open to all, it's a community based sesh. So come in, have some samples. We're going to have well, that's awesome. joints, ice, medicated ice cream, great food. If you check out my Instagram, you'll see some of the cool catering we do. Cheers. We'd love to have you there. And if you're interested in the class, definitely hit us up and we'll find a spot for you or let you know where the next uh, event we have going on. And the that's link, if you do want to sign up, if anyone's watching now or in the next two days that wants to sign up for the classes or the event, it's refined. And then the number is 710.simpletix.com. So refined710.simpletix.com. Find us on Instagram. We'll take care. Find us on Instagram. Yeah, I'm farmx underscore Oregon. I think that's what my name is. On I'm gonna Instagram. post his uh, Instagram again. Uh, and Ooh. also, honestly, farmx yeah. has always been a, a consistent friend of the show, folks. If you can't find them, just let me know, uh, and I'll be happy to send uh, send you there. Why is my my freaking Safari's gone? I can't find it right now. All right, for some reason, this fucking computer is doing everything wrong for me today. All right, well, it's a million degrees. I'm gonna set up the air conditioner <laughs> for the first time. Thank you guys for uh, that. It was great talking to you all, and I'm gonna spy on you after this and clean Cheers. all the information Melissa you guys and Farmax, here we go. I finally found all it. Right. Melissa Later. Farmax, it's been an absolute pleasure. Cheers, guys. Bye. Good to see you. Uh, and on the way Peace. out, I'm going to share your page. There it is right there. Okay, Refined you know. Distillation Isolation Class, hosted by Laurel Crest Labs, ladies and germs, this, this July 8th and 9th over in McD McMinnville, Oregon. I can't remember, honestly, if they said there was still going to be a day two. Uh, uh, he had been talking about doing either one or two days. So I guess uh, uh, we'll have to confirm with Formex. But that sesh honestly sounds amazing. If you guys are in the McMinnville or, frankly, Portland area, I think that's going to be an amazing sesh. I'm definitely going to be at that sesh uh, uh, myself. I'm going to try to be there at the Saturday uh, uh, event as well, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. I have no idea if I'll be there on Sunday. 
But ladies and germs, if you guys would like to say hello to me, uh, uh, I'll be there. And I think you honestly uh, should go to that sesh because there's going to be some uh, super cool people. I'd love to meet that guy. Forty-two uh, Future 4200. Uh, Pharmax has said uh, uh, very great things about it. Honestly, I would say uh, if you folks are interested in learning about uh, 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 freaking uh, extraction stuff, uh, I would consider it. Honestly, I would genuinely consider it. Uh, uh, I very highly, uh, uh, I think very highly of Pharmax. I'm not making that up. I, I don't get a penny from this. I don't get paid for this or something. I don't get some cut from this or something. I get not one penny from this. Uh, I think Pharmax is a cool cat. So if you were to uh, try to learn about uh, uh, extraction, I would say this is probably a good investment to do so. In the meantime, folks, go check it out this Saturday and maybe even Sunday in the session in the evening. Awesome guest, honestly. And Melissa, that was a nice surprise too. We'll have to talk to her as well. Sounds like she's a super cool. We'd rather, I need to look that up right now. We'd rather be traveling. She might be a super cool guest to talk to because it sounds like she does catering and... Uh, Definitely should get her on. I'll be interested in hearing about that. So... We'd rather be traveling. Anyways, Lord, I'm not hungry. Not there it is. There she is. Uh, we'd rather be traveling. I think she has a private account. So, Oh, no, she doesn't have a private account. I can show you. Here it is right here, ladies and germs. Melissa at We'd Rather Be Traveling. Uh, Join some of the 2,062 followers she has. Uh, look at her all over the world here. Okay, my internet is super slow. So look at that hairstyle right there. Beautiful hairstyle right there in Puerto Vallarta. Beautiful. Ladies and gentlemen. All right, well, just pixelated. There, it finally loaded. Okay. Let's look at beautiful Puerto Vallarta. Anyway, ladies and germs. We're going to have to have her on. She seemed like a very interesting person. I don't know why I'm writing it down here, but I guess I'm just writing it down so that I uh, remember. That's a good thing to do. That's exactly right. No, they say it actually <laughs> in your brain. And also, of course, I have the superpower. I can ask D, hey, D, uh, uh, remind me at some point to, uh, please remind me to uh, invite, we'd rather be traveling on the show. That'd be spectacular. I think she'd be super fun. I could ask her this Saturday. What's that, Flora? Is there a uh, Thursday show? Good question. So, folks, I think we're going to bag the uh, customary Wednesday show. If you guys are watching right now and you're, no you're used to the Wednesday evening show, I think we're going to bag it. What do you guys feel like? Do you want to do a Thursday show or what? Uh, uh, we could. We could I'm also down. skip it. What do you feel like? The floor is down. Uh, Smash already gone. What do you feel like, D? You feel like uh, doing a, a Thursday show or are you busy? I'll have to get back to you on that. Right on. Good. Yeah. Well, how does the chat feel? Captain420, what about you, bud? Um, I can't. I should be free. I I should be free. I am kind of you know starting on a new adventure here, so I have to be out a little bit later at night. So and you're like what twelve hours ahead of us or something? Something like that. Uh, um, right now, um. 11 hours ahead of uh, Ohio. Yeah. Right, everybody's saying shit in the chat. I'm not going to wait forever. <laughs> we'll play it by ear, uh, folks. Uh, we'll see how I feel. Uh, Bud Kilowatt is into it. All right, that's two two votes in favor, so we'll do at least a short show tomorrow. It's so folks on the main channel. Right now. 
I'm sorry, Fumi. Oh, that's right. Don't worry about it for, uh, not for uh, Captain. Uh, so for uh, Captain and the rest of you guys, uh, we'll be here for a short show tomorrow evening. Or, I don't know, some kind of a show. Maybe we'll uh, run a little bit longer, but I have a ton of work to do. So I won't be here for the whole time. But uh, if you guys uh, want to hang out for a little bit and uh, uh, chat with us, we'll be here tomorrow night. We're well, not here, but we'll be on the uh, main channel tomorrow night. Maybe we'll even bring uh, bring back game night because I still pay for that uh, all bad cards. It'd be fun to do that one of these days. Uh, ladies and germs, if you guys would like to bring back game night, just let me know. Because uh, like I say, we still uh, have it available. In the meantime, folks, I don't know why I'm looking at the clock all the time. I guess I'm looking at it because, honestly, I have to uh, head back to Portland and stuff. So have a bunch of shit to do. Uh, folks, uh, it's been a delightful pleasure. DGC Jeff is saying a, a show is into it. So, all right, that's three votes in favor. So I guess uh, it's sealed. Uh, D, hopefully you can make it. Uh, if not, of course, you're obviously excused. You don't have to be here every single freaking show. That's not uh, – what's the word I'm I looking for? I don't. Nice, D. Yeah, it's not, you know, I want people to know they don't have to be here every single fucking show or something. It's not like you lose your place or something. This is a, a conversational show here. Where am I at? Oh, okay, I'm just going to open up a new window so we can start doing commercials. Ladies and germs, I think I'm going to put a pin in this one because, like I said, I do have to kind of do some stuff today. So uh, thank you very much for hanging. Let's start saying our goodbyes. Captain, you want to be first out of the, the, the room? Go for it, bud. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I wish I could have found my notes because I had a bunch of questions that I wanted to ask him. I, we'll have you, had done a, you had done, a, I think, a show up in Portland there, and hmm. he had stepped in and talked for a little bit, and I had written down a whole bunch of mm -hmm. stuff. So, yeah, that would be great. Uh, thanks for having me on. Flora? Uh, D smash everybody out in chat, bud. Peace. See you Cheers, next time. See you, buddy. Yeah, man. Later. Going, Go for it, uh, Flora. Uh, beautiful yeah. cannabis leaves behind you. Go for it, bud. Yeah, good show. Um, let's just make it short. I'll see you tomorrow night. What are we doing? Yeah, eight o'clock or seven thirty? Let's do it. Let's do eight o'clock. Let's do that. Eight yeah, All right, see you guys yeah. tomorrow at eight. Cheers, buddy. Yeah, man. All right, cheers. Later, Gator. Uh, and finally, uh, saving the best for last. Go for a D. Cheers, my friend. Lord. Ah, thanks everybody for watching. Thank you, chat, for chatting, and thank you for everybody that's watching the show that's not chatting, just watching or listening in the background. Thank you very much. Catch me Saturday. Brains. That's it. In an undisclosed, possibly undisclosed location. I was supposed to go to. I was supposed to be doing this show at. Uh, someone's place right now but we got canceled so possibly saturday it'll be a brains edition in a secret location check me out on instagram on d underscore zombie underscore thanks jimmy for doing the show as always Welcome. uh yeah thanks everybody and don't forget if your women don't find you handsome at least to find you handsome later and handy. Cheers, D. Uh, good to see everybody. Uh, and speaking of merch, uh, people in chat are talking about, oh, I can't wait to get a t-shirt. Well, this is Sour Morgana right here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this is one of the designs. Thank you. Thank you. I've actually redesigned. This is a one of one, basically, because I don't like how big the, the drawing is. It actually feels like too big. And also, it's a little bit, especially on today, it's a little bit too sweaty. So, because it's you guys don't know, but it's like 90 degrees already outside. It's going to be more than that. Probably, probably 92 now by now. What is it actually? Oh, it's 91. 
anyway uh so for that it's like a little bit too much so i actually like the smaller designs a little bit i think those are a little bit uh crisper a little cleaner design so anyway i think you guys are gonna like those uh do i have my i had the uh i have gorilla glue as well i have not gorilla glue gaffer tape that's a gorilla glue cross that's it of course inside out uh and stuck to itself apparently and wrinkled <laughs> this is great advertisement fumador but anyway if you guys were curious because the the pictures on the the freaking website are ai generated so you're like I don't, know, I don't know what that looks like well that's fair uh but turns out it actually looks really nice so again pardon me for being wrinkled but again it's obscuring the microphone uh okay that is upside down and sideways there we go that why is it there we go I just have to hold that side up. I love Excuse that. Excuse the wrinkles. It's never freaking funny. So I, I think I, I think I already have a, a version with a little bit smaller design. I think the smaller design is better. I mean, let me know what you guys prefer. If you guys want that big design, that's totally fine. That's not an issue to, to make it bigger. <clears throat> but in the meantime, folks, uh, take a look at what we're talking about. You're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Few minutes? Where can you get those amazing t-shirts? I'd like to get 10 of them. Please, ladies and gentlemen, come over to fumadoroseedco.com. You can also type fumadoro.com. You can also type fumesofgold.com. In fact, as soon as I link the websites, you will be able to type even more things in the future here, like uh, Fumadoro Seed Bank. <laughs> that was a surprise. But anyway, it's a, it's a pleasant surprise. Uh, in the meantime, apparently I'm a seed bank now uh, already, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I'll take it. Uh, you're wondering yourself, what kind of a seed bank are you? Well, for example, ladies and germs, you can pick up Manifestation for our good friend Fang. He's uh, uh, selling it on pre-order. It seems pretty likely, honestly, and I'm not making this up by any means. It seems likely to sell out basically when he releases it officially on July 7th. So folks, I would not sleep on this. Uh, if you uh, uh, get it from Fumidora, there's there's a few uh, 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 purveyors basically, and obviously you don't have to get it from me. But if you get it from me, I will give you something that you will uh, uh, not get anywhere else. Basically, no one else will get it except for the few people that get a manifestation from me. Uh, I promise you, obviously, it's probably, a, you know, I'm not going to say out loud, but it's it's probably something that rhymes with a schmack of uh, weeds. Okay, that's probably too esoteric. It's a fucking pack of seeds, all right? So, But in the meantime, uh, you're going to get something that nobody else will get, basically just for uh, getting manifestation from Fumidoro. Obviously, you can get a mood mat and a beautiful t-shirt as well. Take a look, ladies and gentlemen, for a very, very limited time only. This is not something that is forever, forever. You're not going to be able to call me in six months. Like, hey, bro, Fumidoro, I want that pack of manifestation, bro. It's not going to be available. So, ladies and germs, uh, get it very quick. Honestly, before Saturday would be better because then uh, uh, you will actually get it. Uh, and like you said, or like I said earlier, you heard right, there's now a merch store, ladies and gentlemen. My apologies for the weirdest fuck shipping policies right now, but that's just how it is with this tiny little website that I have. Uh, if you want seeds, the, the 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 shipping is still free. Basically, if you're in the U.S., the shipping is still free. Uh, even if it's the Gage Green seeds, uh, those come with free shipping, basically. Uh, but if you want, for example, the merch, please do select one of the merch options. Uh, if you want to order multiple things, unfortunately, I realize this is dumb. Please order multiple orders. So if you want to order some seats, do that separately and then do the merch separately because otherwise I can't combine the, the shipping, uh, especially if you're overseas. Like if you're in Canada, I've had a couple of Canadian customers buy seeds and uh, t-shirts. Please buy those separately because otherwise uh, I'll basically be eating the shipping and stuff like that. I realize it's a big pain in the ass. It is what it is and for the time being because the, the merch is still new. So hopefully as I sell a bit more merch or something, maybe I can uh, get one of the other more fancy options for combining everything. 
Anyway, ladies and germs, there's a bunch of stuff available. Hopefully, uh, I will add more stuff. Uh, uh, for example, if you guys have the uh, uh, the Dark Gauntlet, I almost forgot the name, you can get yourself uh, T-shirts of the Dark Lord, the Deceiver, and the Evil Eye. And then you have, uh, uh, I guess, three shirts of the week. I guess you could wear them over again or something. I don't know. Or you could buy three more shirts. You could buy, for example, uh, the Dark Gauntlet, then you could buy a couple of Morgana shirts, and then a Pacific Days shirt, and then you'd have uh, t-shirts for the whole week, ladies and germs. For example, uh, this Morgana Cherries t-shirt. Anyway, take a look, my friends. People have been asking it for the longest time. Finally, it's available. Uh, don't uh, be ashamed. Order a couple. Uh, Go for it, ladies and gentlemen. You know you want some. In the meantime, ladies and germs, uh, we have quite a few breeding lines available for you from Fumidoro myself. Uh, these are things that I've actually developed, not someone else. Take a look, like I said, about the Dark Lord, the Deceiver, and the Evil Eye. Those are still available. They're still available individually, but also, of course, if you'd like, you can get the Dark Gauntlet, so to speak. Uh, it's a package deal with all three of those, basically, and one strain of your choosing, or of course, I can choose for you if you'd like. I'd wholeheartedly recommend one of the uh, Morgana crosses. For example, Black Soma Morgana Figment is going to be wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Uh, that's that Forbidden Fruit by the, the aggressively Sativa Coot Special. Oblivion is an absolute skull thumper. That's the memory loss from Archive, of course, crossed to that aggressively Sativa. By the way, these uh, uh, macro images basically are that Coot Special. Uh, very, very untamed uh, Highland Thai Kerala cross. Beautiful, beautiful weed, beautiful flavors on that one. Uh, Black Knight's Delight is basically something that is my work crossed to that. So for example, the Black uh, Prince Ruby basically is a distillation of Ruby Jack. You could call it basically a Ruby Jack F3. And then I cross that to the uh, 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 special. So far, getting great uh, reports from people from the Tisba to Scratch, which was the accidental version of that. And of course, the Black Knight's Delight is the, the intentional one with my selected uh, Black Prince Ruby. Anyway, folks are liking that one so far. Hopefully in about 10 days or so, I'm going to be smoking a little bit of that myself. So I'll let you know what I think about it. Uh, ladies and germs, if you want shorter flowering crosses, because you live, for example, somewhere uh, up in Canada or whatever else, hey, I, I got you. Uh, Morgana V2 is definitely a short finishing uh, uh, cross. If you guys would like something that finishes right in the 60 days or even less range, Morgana V2 is right up your alley. Uh, uh, Sour Morgana, I can promise you on that one. I've just finished testing that one too. I'm happy to report that actually just like Morgana, you can keep her running. It's a very nice trait, honestly. She's really quite a healthy, flexible plant. You can keep her going until like week 11, week 12. She doesn't freaking die on the vine, really. But in the meantime, she's done at week uh, uh, week eight, basically, week eight, nine. Some some phenotypes are done basically at the beginning of week eight. It's honest. It's honestly awesome. Haven't found too many of that sweet cherry from the original mom from Morgana. Haven't found too many of that sweet cherry short finisher, which is disappointing. But anyway, uh, uh, I'm loving the sour Morgana, loving the, the Morgana uh, uh, expressions so far. Anyway, ladies and germs, I won't bore you with every single strain that I have. Uh, currently, the freebie with every order. So the way that I do it, basically, if you order, I should probably clarify that before I honestly uh, uh, do my whole spiel and stuff. I realize now that my website is designed kind of poorly just there. Okay, that was just an accident of the internet. All right. Anyway, uh, every order basically comes with a freebie, or every seed order, rather, comes with a freebie of Midnight Matrimony. Uh, that's a five-pack of Midnight Matrimony. Way back when, I got uh, a couple of 10-packs, honestly, or maybe more than that from Noob. He was just always a super generous guy with his seeds. He's always sending seeds to everybody, basically. It's been on the show, I think, honestly. Uh, Noob Grows is a super chill guy. Thank you, Noob, for all the seeds you've sent me in the past. Uh, he sent me easily a couple packs of that White Wedding. 
And he was, I believe, one of the primary testers on that for Ethos. And I think they used his uh, uh, pictures uh, from his garden uh, for the the release and blah, 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 blah. So that's super cool. Anyway, so he sent the seeds around and smashed. And other people kept talking about white wine phenotypes. And I kept pulling out like Welch's grape juice, finally pulled out a white wine uh, phenotype that I liked a lot. Had that fizzy white wine. It was super nice. Reminded me a lot of uh, Tree of Life, actually, from Cannabisium that had this like pineapple champagne fizziness. I actually really missed that cut. Anyway, cross that to the aggressively strawberry jam, uh, Black Prince Ruby. Ladies and gentlemen, expect rosé. Strawberry fizzes and exceptional yumminess, free with every order until supplies last. There's not a ton of it left, actually, so uh, I'm going to have to find which my find what my next uh, freebie is going to be in the not-too-distant future. But for the moment, ladies and germs, uh, Midnight Matrimony. And, of course, I do release... Uh, as a gift, basically. Where is it? Right here. It's here somewhere. Uh, I can't find it right now. Free with every order for the foreseeable future is Tis But a Scratch. This one right here. This is basically the accidental many Black Prince rubies to a slightly different Coot special. So this is actually a slightly different version of uh, that Black Knight's Delight cross, basically. And I thought it would be a fun, I thought it was a happy accident. So I thought it'd be a really fun thing to give out some really wild genetics. And so far people are really loving it, actually. Atomic Spoon has said it's easily the loudest thing in his garden. And he's had some loud things in his garden. Uh, very fruity with fuel notes in the back. Super, I mean, I'm not surprised by that at all because that really nice fruitiness and the really just pleasant, happy high from the uh, Black Prince Ruby combined with that aggressively cleaner sativa of that uh, uh, Highland Thai Kerala should be some killer shit. I'm going to smoke some in the near future. I hope you guys will smoke some uh, yourselves. What's the coupon code D uh, for the, the website? I, I know every day you can use a, a coupon code for 14% off, but I can't remember how you pronounce it. Ah, brain. That's the way. That's the way. B-R-A-I-N-Z. Uh, okay. And just to remind you, everybody, the brain's coupon code does not uh, work for the gauge green. Please. Exactly. No, I realize that it's goofy and giggly and silly on my website, but I'm a one man team basically folks. So until I get a bigger team or something, uh, that's how it is. Please do not use any discount co codes on the gauge green. If you do a discount code on the, the gauge green accidentally, I'll just email you back and we'll have to fix the order or something uh, because there are no discount code codes allowed on the gauge green products. That's part of the terms. Uh, but you know, I can offer you guys a freebie for, for uh, using a uh, fumidoro. So that's basically the offer. If you guys uh, do purchase, uh, the uh, manifestation, or honestly, uh, any of the, the uh, Gage Green products, I'll give you a, a commensurate product, let's say. But with that pack of seeds, obviously, it deserves a pack of seeds. So uh, with the other ones, we'll get maybe, I don't know, smaller packs of seeds or something with the, uh, every order. So for example, if you guys want to order, I don't know if you guys, you guys want to maximize the gifts, I suppose you could get a pack of seeds, a t-shirt, and a mood mat, and then I'll freaking hook you guys up. In the meantime, uh, D, you said uh, takeover on Saturday, right? Yep, on a secret location. Oh, let's see, at a secret location, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first. Other than that, my friends, uh, cheers, D. Always a pleasure. Thanks very much for doing those takeovers. I know people really enjoy them. Uh, thanks, folks, for watching. Thanks very much, DGC Jeff and St. Pete Runner. Good to see you, buddy. Uh, saying can't wait to get them, uh, a mug and some shirts. I uh, love it, buddy. Cheers. I can't wait to, to have Printful send you some. Uh, I think they've taken a little bit longer to fulfill because of the holiday, but a couple of orders have already sent through, uh, uh, have already been fulfilled, so I can't wait to uh, see what people say about them. Cheers, people. Poor Pizza Dave. 
Pardon me. Cheers, Mr. Scotto. We have to rendezvous here in the next couple of days, Mr. Scotto. Uh, who else is in here? Uh, Bud Kilowatt, always uh, a pleasure, Bud. Good to see you, my friend. Smash, good to see you, Bud, if you're still hanging. Zestier, great suggestions the other day. Uh, other day Zestier, I'm still going to try to uh, implement some of those. Uh, Steel Beams and Hemp with GG, all the rest. Uh, cheers, folks. Uh, uh, Pip Jam, MBF also. Lurkers, non-lurkers, uh, green puffin man right there. Cheers, buddy. I see you. Uh, lurkers, non-lurkers, uh, cats and dogs, bats and frogs, whoever's listening in. Thanks very much for listening in. Don't forget, of course, ladies and germs, to subscribe to this channel. Tell your friends, of course, because we have just less than 150 subscribers. It'd be nice to finally get a little bit above 150 subscribers. And then onward and up to the moon we go <laughs> really slowly, very, very slowly. Uh, but in the meantime, don't forget to subscribe to this channel and, of course, the main channel, Fumidor and the Flavors, ladies and germs. Tell your friends, because that's, of course, word of mouth is at this point really the only way that this channel grows other than that uh yeah it's been a great show ladies and germs thanks very much to uh Farmex and melissa for hanging with us we'd rather be traveling we're gonna have to have her on here as a guest by herself if she would be willing that would be super freaking fun and Farmex, always a pleasure to talk to him uh special edition show on this uh, saturday hopefully i haven't figured out exactly uh what i'm gonna do uh so we'll figure it out uh, now that he said there's actually gonna be podcasters and stuff i might just bring my camera and just do photography we'll see we'll play it by ear i'm not gonna play it by ear i have to plan ahead of time but uh we'll I'll, I'll talk to him maybe ahead of time and figure out what I would like to do without looking like a tryhard. In the meantime, folks, uh, that's it. So uh, puff something wonderful, my friends. Be kind, be decent, be gentle. Don't be fucking pricks, dicks, or lunatics. Uh, until, we meet, until we meet again uh, tomorrow, we'll be hanging for a little bit. Puff something wonderful. If you can't puff something wonderful, I hope you guys can soon. Uh, I shouldn't point at you. Always forget to do that. Don't forget to, that this show does not in any case, in any way, or in any shape, form, or method pervade drugs. You cannot physically get drugs from this show of any kind. You cannot get extractions. You cannot get goddamn any single, uh, any single thing. There's no secret menu. There's no super duper secret menu. There's no fucking extra super duper triple secret menus. There's nothing. There's one menu. It has legal shit on it. T-shirts, seeds. That's all you can get, ladies and gentlemen. Nothing illegal, nothing inappropriate, so there's nothing to be reported. The show is for adults only, and again, for educational and entertainment purposes only. And that's all. Thanks, uh, uh, folks. Should have turned left at Albuquerque, and uh, yes, Gators.
for you 